Geek Shock. Geek I'm Shock. gonna sing the Doom song now. Doom, 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 Pain. No, pain, I gotta ask. Do you do, you do your, your work like this, like the whole time? Like, um, <laughs> not the whole time, to... but there was uh, there was some stuff that I actually was uh, trimming, yes. and I had to bend like that, and it was just it was amazing because just let it grow. <laughs> let it grow. Let it well, grow. unfortunately, uh, the HOA is not of that philosophy. Yeah. So, which you know, I'm thankful for because. My house doesn't look awful. It's definitely the worst-looking one on the cul-de-sac, but that's because of the HOA, because everyone else takes care of their shit. So, so. Yeah, it's like my pomegranate tree is growing out of control. I'm just waiting for the HOA to say something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that and I spent. Uh, the reason I'm late, by apologies, yeah. is because the geeky thing I did this week was uh, sit on. Uh, uh, the technical support line with Cox Cable. <laughs> Fun uh-huh. uh, yeah. you, Your service is out, I uh, I thought the service was out, and Down Detector was showing a ton of outages in Henderson, the Las Vegas area. Mm-hmm. But when I called them up, <clears throat> the first time I went, I went on chat, and they did the whole, can you do what you've already done? thing where you turn it off turn, turn it on turn it off turn it on yeah. and i did all that beforehand so yeah. i'm doing it again and i'm just like oh jesus god and i'm midway through the chat and they're like okay um it's resetting so let's go ahead and try to open a page and i'm like uh because i'm chatting on my phone sure my desktop has been disassembled for months so it's my phone or my laptop Mm -hmm. and so i'm like i'm like okay let me um but you know what i should be able to open up another page on my no i lost the chat and i lost and i'm like you know so sorry jennifer v (laughs) so that is your real name yeah oh yeah hello i'm jennifer v the english was from Kentucky, NEC. Yeah, the, the, the English in the in the chat was was actually it didn't nah. sound like native speaker because there there was one. Oh, I'm terribly sorry to hear about the problem you are presenting. Ah, and I was like presenting like a peacock. Well, no, <laughs> technically like a baboon in heat. Technically, <laughs> technically that is correct. That's 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 correct English. It's just no English that an American or right. even a Brit I think would use. You know how we get around that in Canada? You say uh, English or French, you go French. It goes right to Quebec. Mm. So that was always my trick. Mm-hmm. And then I know uh, by law you have to be able to speak both there. So, so then I'm you like, pull English. Oh, oops, I pressed the wrong one. Okay, sir, let me help you. I'm like, that's right, you motherfucker. You're going to fucking help me right now. There's going to be no India here. I was going to be aghast that you actually had a working, uh, working knowledge of French. That would have been a guess, too. Well, I did take 13 years of it, but when you don't use it, <laughs> okay, just well, atrophies. You took 13, exactly. you took 13 years, 13 of, years French? of French. It, it's in school. It's required. Yeah. Wow. I, I get Hello, that, Canada years? 101. Wow. Jesus, you guys. 
I thought he was in the American part. Well, you think more would stick? I mean, I did you know four years <laughs> oh, of French. Oh no! If, some, if someone and I still has got a on, va, on va la plage. I still got that. If someone has a conversation, I understand what they're saying. I just can't respond. Oh, okay. I went to hippie school, and one of our teachers was uh, doing a presentation at a, at, a, at a university and talking about the school and explaining that you know what we do at the school is we learn from doing stuff. And he goes, well, for instance, how many people here in this room is, you know, are studying French? And, like, you know, more than half the room raised their hands. He goes, oh, great. And then he switched into French and started speaking. And, and in French, he said, I, I, I speak French also. I lived in France for two years. And I learned very well. I learned all my friends from being French, from being in the language, you know, being in the, being in the language and being in the place. And I kept going on speaking. And he could just watch the people dropping away one by one who could not follow him. Because you know he spoke French from speaking French. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's way better than any classes. Yeah. If you just get dropped in a place and live there for a little bit, right. you'll pick it up real quick. Like Bart Simpson. <laughs> so now, now let's speak some geek. Welcome to Geek Shock number four oh nine. Oh, sorry, I am Todd. Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Vector Gandhi. Oh, me believe Matt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here to talk weak in French. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, uh-huh. I then call Cox up. <laughs> oh, yeah, to that's right. We're going that. On this yeah, did you forget? There are a bunch of Cox. Yeah, and, I know. And uh, I okay. called him up, and this time I'm like, "All right, fuck it, I'll speak to somebody." And so that person was like, "Okay," and we did the whole routine again: unplug, disconnect, reconnect. She's like, "I'm not seeing a signal over here. Can you see if you can get online?" And I'm like, "Uh," and I'm looking at my phone, and I'm talking to her, and I'm like, "Shit." Hold on. I run downstairs. I get my laptop. I come back upstairs. My laptop is now dying. And I open up the laptop and try to get it. Dying because the battery... Whoa, that's loud. Dying because the battery is low or, or dying because it's this old... Battery's low. Okay. So um, I'm, I try to get it. No page up. And she's like, well, this is kind of strange. I did, And I'm like, well... Look, you, you actually were able to remotely reset my modem. So there must be a signal of some kind. So now he's doing it. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I got a new um, modem in the mail to upgrade because my old phone modem, remember when you and Barry Todd colluded to get me on Netflix streaming? You bought me Netflix streaming, he bought me a, a router. It was that router. Oh, wow. It's no. that old. It, that goes back like six years. So I was like, let me. Let me let me get the new modem. And she's like, yeah, let's give that a try. So I go and I get it. I bring it up, and I'm connecting. And this thing takes 10 minutes to juice up, and it's coming up, and the lights are coming on. And she's like, connect this. Look at that. All right, want to see if you can get a page. And I get on my laptop, and I'm like, hit enter, go to, and my laptop dies. Of course it did. So I had to run downstairs and plug my laptop in. And then I'm running from my laptop to upstairs to check the connection of the modem back down to my laptop to see if I'm getting a connection. And then I had to establish the network and get that all hooked up. And that's why I'm late. Wow. <laughs> and the whole time. It's I like, was expecting the punchline was, sir, have you considered paying your bill? And uh, <laughs> the, the storeroom that the, the damn modem is in is so loaded with stuff, my back is screaming because I'm oh. straddling boxes mm. and I'm moving aside clothes. And I'm just like, oh, God, this is just not worth it. But it got up and running for Yay! So, so now whenever somebody comes over for game night, they're going to have to reset the Oh, network. son of a bitch. That's right. <laughs> I'm not coming over game night. <laughs> there you go. So. so what geeky things you do this week, gentlemen? Well, I spent time talking to Cox Cable. Yes, you did. Yeah. 
Yes, you did. What a bunch of cocks. Wow. Oh. Anyway. Uh, let's see. What I did was I worked 10 days straight. Mm. I'm in the middle of that. Now, you went to the very first Golden Knights hockey yes. game. Yes, and it was amazing. That's so, why you weren't with us last week. So, how, yeah, I want to hear about that. That's right. I ditched you guys for, you know, better things. No. <laughs> it's my last show, guys. Um, hope you guys like uh, seeing me. Hope you guys that. like Golden Knights cast. <laughs> Golden Knights cast, yeah. But uh, so they, they um, did a memorial thing for Vegas at the start of the game. So that was pretty cool. And then they gave away inaugural pucks with um, hockey pucks with a metal. I don't know how do you, I should just bring it in and show you, but uh, a metal like ring? No um, holder? No, Andy, shut up! <laughs> 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 like a metal plaque, but a circular plaque etched into the puck itself. Okay. And it said inaugural game had the date, which team they were playing against, all that. So I got that. That was just cool. And That's then, cool. Wow. Yeah. And uh, then, did you win it or did you have to buy it? No, they just gave it to you when you entered. Oh, seriously? Yeah, so everyone so, who attended got the puck. Yeah, did so there's about 20,000 of those floating right. around. Oh, so how do you like that? Did you get to see Chance the mascot? Chance the mascot? Yes. No. Oh. What? Wait, what? The mascot didn't show up until like the second or, th- second or third. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, and, and the mascot I worked on probably will never show up. Yeah, I, kind of uh, I was going to ask you if that's the same one. No, it's no, a different one. No. So they, so they, they, they strung you along to make a mascot, and then they went with something else. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, but we knew there was going to be. Paid? It was battle. Partially. Okay. I liked what what you worked on though. It was nice. Yeah. And I was telling you, don't fuck it up. I, I didn't. And it was good. So they obviously wanted yeah. a full set of suit of mail or uh, chain plate. Right and just like ding it up a bit or something. Yeah. So. But they Yeah. Yeah. It just just wasn't what they wanted. They wanted something slightly different, but they didn't want to know. They didn't want to describe it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so, oh well. <clears throat> so chance is supposed to be a Gila monster. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. I know. Yeah. It's this. It's that ongoing trend of sports mascots that have absolutely nothing to do with the team that they represent. I assume this is a big puffy creature. Uh, I could Pl- show you a picture, but it's not going to do our audience yeah, any no, good. No. I, I, well, <laughs> you know what? What I want to know uh, is it a furry or not? No, that that actually goes along with what hockey is because the Maple Leafs one, which is my team, so Toronto Maple Leafs. Is, that, is it a giant leaf? No, oh, it's yeah. not a leaf or a tree or anything. Nobody like can that. hear you, Andy. Yeah, I'm cutting in and out. It's weird. Hmm. Hmm. That's fine. We sabotaged the mic earlier. I want um, my bike, my mic back. Well is a is a polar bear, Carlton the bear. Mm-hmm. Okay, but he's a furry. I guess, yeah. Sure. And then Montreal Canadiens. They got a Canadian. <laughs> it's a, it's like it's almost like um, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Costumes. No, it's like it's like uh, what's the puppet? The angry one. The Oscar angry the puppet? Grouch. No, not Oscar the Grouch. Um, Jelly Biglins. It's angry puppet. <laughs> angry puppet. Um, He's loud. Um, Statler. Fuck. Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> um, From Sesame Street. Yeah, Oscar the Grouch? That's Oscar the Grouch. No, it's not Oscar the Grouch. What? Angry Whatever. puppet from uh, Sesame Street. He's very loud. He's angry. Not Oscar the Grouch, though. Big Bird. No. <laughs> not stuff. Rover, Elmo, Ernie, Bert. <laughs> so far, it's not Count st- Dracula. But why wouldn't they go with, like, a knight? Uh, beats or, me. Or since it is the um, the castle, they're calling the arena. Mm-hmm. Right. Golden Knights, the castle. Or a dragon. But the plan was to have two knights and and the other character, and the, the and knight the is still monster. there. Then he just his costume is much reduced from what we made. Oh, it's scaled back. Scaled back. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, it's scale mail. So yeah. that was a lot of fun. 
they ended up winning, so they're the first expansion team to win their opening inaugural game. So impressive. So that's what I did, and then other than that, I got to see all the team as they walked in. So I got photos of like the commissioner of NHL, uh, our goaltender, oh. all of them. So it's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. And that's all I did, really. And then I've been working ever since. Haven't this course been ridiculous? I, 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 you are cutting it in now. I'm not I hearing cutting it. cutting it out. It's weird. Are you thumbing the button? I'm not doing nothing with the th- button. He's thumbing it. I'm not. He's fingering the mic. <laughs> I was like really quiet, then I was really loud, and I was really quiet. Hmm. Really loud. Now you're back. I wonder if the different mic is causing Andy problems. It, it might could have, be. We might have to switch it back. Just uh, cause I don't and, mind. Andy can't, hand, have, can't handle the, the difference. All right, here we go. All right. There, is that that better? No, Andy, not that one. <laughs> it sounds fine to me so far. So what's going to happen? Testing, testing, testing. Yeah. yeah. Testies, testies. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What does it do, guys? Uh, I went to go see Blade Runner. Finally? Yeah. No, the, the new one. I saw the new one. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Thoughts? finally. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I was amazed. Uh, love the visuals. Absolutely oh, amazing it was visuals. Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I saw it in XD, of course, because you know the X stands for extra, and uh, D stands for Dick. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I I thought it was a really brave move to make. Uh, well, sorry, spoilers. Uh, Gosling a replicant, and you know that from like beginning, right from the beginning. Yeah, I thought that was like, oh, well, we're not going to. Well, I guess I don't need to all. see it now. Fuck. Jesus. Well, I mean, it's it's not really a spoiler. They say that like within the Two first minutes. minute of the film, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I just I thought it was a really solid, solid movie. I mean, it's just and just beautiful. I mean, it looked like um, the original Blade Runner sort of all looks of the same place. This okay. one had like different sort of settings where you'd cut into it, and it was still visually in the same world. But you could tell when you had gone to a different place, you knew where the setting was immediately from the lighting and the the color scheme and that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's all <laughs> polluted and rainy and hazy and yeah, <laughs> except for Space Vegas. Tell me about Space Vegas. No, that's not Space Vegas, but it's 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 post apocalyptic Vegas. Yeah. Oh, it's not Space Vegas. It, it's post apocalyptic. Yeah. It's, it's really funny because I seem to remember. Uh, Months ago, a year ago, that they said they're doing filming for Blade Runner here, and I was just like, <laughs> "What the hell are they doing?" So, <clears throat> but they, it seems they, really extraneous for the kind of set they use because yeah. it, it looks like um, it's really built up. I mean, you can barely tell it's Vegas except you you see it on a map, and the Luxor is in there. You see the Luxor at one point. Yeah, it was yep. like a thing built over. And, the and top I think of it. I think I saw the Eiffel Tower mixed in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I find it interesting that I mean. Everyone that's seen this movie has loved it. Yeah, that I that I at least pay attention to. Mm-hmm. But I find it interesting that the public reaction to this Blade Runner is about the same as the original yeah. Blade yeah. Runner. Yeah, really. It's too long. It's too slow. I mean, I, or even just the interest level is about the same. It mm-hmm. seems. So I don't know. Poetry over time. Yeah, it's kind of sad because it is a. It is. A, I think it's a great movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And Gosling does a great job of. Uh, emoting without saying a lot. I mean, it's a, it's a sort of low-key acting that really works for this part. I was going to say, yeah, he's pretty much expressionless through the m- right. majority of the film. Right. 
you know, with one or two exceptions, uh, exceptions. Yeah. I can't. He keeps talk it cold. Yeah. Remind me a lot of his performance. Have you ever seen Lars and the Real Girl? Yes. That's that's an incredible performance because <clears throat> he's a really tightly buttoned up uh, character there, and it's a it's a strange movie, but it, it's a very good performance there too. Hmm. So I'm gathering you and me and. Jeff have seen it. Nobody else has. You yeah. two haven't seen it. I probably won't see it till it comes out on oh, home version. Okay. Anyway, it's I. It's worth seeing on the big screen. Yeah, it is. It is. Given yeah, the but, scope of the visuals, I think it would be best seen on the big screen because even on the best television sets, I don't think you're going to catch the whole. I have about as much interest in this Blade Runner as I did in seeing the original Blade Runner. Oh, so, so you're you're not thrilled by uh, all yeah, that? Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I kind of like. Okay, that's that's coming and. Let it go. I I really have no excitement for it. Wow. Well, I've I've yet to sit down and watch the original Blade all the way through. I've seen it like first bits. Oh, so you've never seen a movie all at once all together. Right. Yeah. yeah. And when I saw Blade Runner, finally after you know decades, I liked it. Yeah. But it didn't blow me away. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, it. I thought it was good. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So yeah, I probably won't see it in the theater. Yeah. So feel free to spoil it for me. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same. <laughs> I don't. There's a couple. I may. Uh, I may like catch. Uh, I, really. I may try and catch Professor Marsden this week too, because I don't think that's going to last in the theaters. For Probably long. not very long, but yeah, that's. Yeah. But it's playing at this playing right down the street from me. So what is Professor Marsden and the the end of Wonder Woman? Oh, the yeah the 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 story about the guy that created yeah. Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. That one I have more interest in. All right. Well, while during my downtime, I was able to catch up on a bunch of shows. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. So, one of Luke Cage. So, oh, I finished that ages ago. Ages ago. Yeah, but yeah. the funny thing is I still Defenders? haven't. I have not finished Defenders. Oh, that's funny. I've seen three episodes in. I haven't gone past Oh, them. shit. That's where it's getting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's where it starts getting good. Yeah, it is. I'm only half a, half an episode in. So <laughs> it's, it's not for lack of liking it. It's, yep. it's good. I just haven't gotten back to it. But I did watch Westworld mm-hmm. in its entirety. And that I was blown away by. Oh, yeah. And that was one that started off real slow uh, for me. And probably, I assume for others, but after a few... The music w- on the old piano and oh, all that's always music box, that. that's what really gets me, too, on that, that show. I thought you would like that, too. Yeah, I love that aspect. Yeah. Ooh, what's it playing now? Yeah. Right? That Black Hole Sun version, it was like... Whoa. Yeah. That show does great job with Passage of Time. That's the, the, probably the, the biggest compliment I can give that show. Uh, the twisting of characters, the arcs, and I look forward to see where it goes from here. And the fact that we were jumping back and forth through time and we didn't realize it till like the very yeah, last did you, That's what I meant by passage yeah. of okay. time. Did you, um, did you see the big reveal coming? No. Okay. I did not see the big reveal coming at all. I was blindsided. In fact, when it was... When that happened, I ran outside to where my, my girlfriend was. Screamed. And I'm like, ah, that character, that character. And that's, wow. Yeah, I was excited as can be. Very cool. So uh, who went to the uh, run fair? Just raise you, my hand. I, I, I have a feeling that that would have been someone's, I did that this week. If yeah. That that. yeah, I forgot about that. See, because I did that. <laughs> yeah, so I thought you did. <laughs> wow. That was and the, the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm walking through, and I always remember the, the uh, conversation me and Jeff had. With that one guy that we saw, I'm like, what is that metal bird? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the whole time. Yep. But, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I wasn't really 
Well, I, I, I saw a bunch of shops, and that was pretty much it. Like it was. Oh, some, hey, say if if that's not the first thing you brought up, that says a lot about this year's rent fair. No, but they, they, re, they rearranged the shops a little bit, and they made it. Yeah. It's not as nicely designed to go through yeah. it all. It's yeah, like they didn't have a market area, and then they uh, front ended it, so you go through a much longer snake of shops, and then at least that's what it seemed like. And then the the, the square market area was smaller. It felt like. So the sh- you're considering the shops in the market area different? Yeah, the square, the the no, the sh- the, there there was like an, an entry when you walk in. Okay. You sort of snake through uh, shops. There's like a, okay. a, a line of shops, which I would consider the a, market. And then you would come out into a square of shops. Okay. So like two shopping areas really. Okay. And, and then everybody's campsites. Yeah. The food court or the food area was huge this yeah, it year. Was. <clears throat> so, uh, and yeah. it's still not big enough because there were lines for everything. Yes, yes. there yeah. always is. No. I went to watch, um, um, what the hell was it? Uh, Tipsy McCracken was a funny music thing, couple couple women. And uh, they uh, had they did the Scotsman, and they helped, called me up on stage so they could sing the Scotsman song with me standing on the stage. Why were you wearing your kilt? Yeah. I was wearing a kilt. Okay, that's you the go. part you're leaving out. All right. I know, I like how he just kind of skipped. They just that. brought me on stage, cuz. <laughs> no. I was randomly chosen. Did you did you see the shifting sands or whatever the? I didn't go see the shifting sands, yeah, I didn't but, either. I, but I had to get my blue silk ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me you, you wore it properly? Uh, yeah, they 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 they're, they're singing the song, and as they're singing the song, one of them went down under my kilt and reached up under, and pretended that she tied the ribbon to me while while I was standing there. Were Just you put, wearing underwear? No, of course not. Ah, good man. So she she could have tied a ribbon. She could have absolutely. Wow, <laughs> oh, so you were there with all your glory, and she just like she's probably like he's probably wearing. Oh my god, he's not. Oh well, actually, according to Andy, that song should have gone from blue ribbon to shrinkage. <laughs> I also watched Preacher the second season during that downtime. That show continues to be fantastic. Again, strays away from the st- rearrange of the story as it sees fit, but the tone is perfect. The tone of Preacher it, it continues to be nailed in that TV show. It seems to be the trick to it, right? I mean, that's what they're doing with the Marvel Universe too. Is this everything I, yeah, shuffled I think around? The, but I think that's the key. You can you can adjust the story, is but staying true to the tone of the material mm-hmm. can forgive a lot of that. Right. That any of those changes. So that's big praise. I saw Cult of Chucky, the new child's play film. Oh, that must have just been awful. I really liked Curse of Chucky. That was the one that they released straight to home video about a year ago, I think. I think so. That one was really good. You liked that one? I did, a lot. Okay. Uh, This one, not so much. I see where they were going with this. This one... Chucky's able to put his essence into multiple Chucky dolls. Ah. Is the idea. Oh. And a neat idea, but poorly executed. Just and there's that they have char- characters from Andy from the first films or is back as a character and uh, the character introduced in the Curse of Chucky, uh, which is uh, Brad Dorif's daughter. She is the star of that one. Uh, she is back. But it's just a very uninteresting script. Hmm. Chucky's great when he's on screen, but uh, yeah, you can skip it. Okay. I also watched the uh, Hellraiser, like Hellraiser movies, all the way through. Like when you say all the way through, how far did you go? Six. I'm sorry. 
Oh. Three, first two are great. Yeah. Three starts to drop off, but it's watchable. Four is an Alan Smithy film. Is it literally? Is it literally? Literally. If you're unfamiliar, Alan Smithy is the name of the director that they give when the director has quit the project and does not want his name attached. So if you see a film directed by Alan Smithy, be prepared for some shit. (laughs) Yeah. Which is also funny because there was an, an Alan Smithy movie titled an Alan Smithy movie yes. that ended up getting Alan smithy so it sort of all right. imploded Super or something. Meta. Yeah. Super meta. Super yeah. meta. Yeah. Mm. And then from there, it just gets worse. Mm. And I, I guess, I can't remember what the last one was, but even Doug Bradley is no longer playing Pinhead by the end of the, that series. Yeah. Uh, if there's any horror series ripe for a reboot it's that one because it's been shit for decades now <laughs> oh there you go yeah i mean part four four came out i think in 96 yeah, late 90s that Yeesh. one because there's a lot of them in the early uh 2000s that were pretty shit <laughs> is it just the is it just the production quality or is it the way they went with it because didn't they didn't pinhead sort of move to a hero kind of a hero aspect as the movies went on became more of a, a Not, good, good I, guy you know or? what i stopped after four so i can't say oh, okay. beyond that all right just because every time i'd look i'd read the reviews and, go, and then walk away if only there was someone in the room we'd watch five yeah, and yeah, six. yeah yeah i know <laughs> i'm just trying to remember that's how yeah. pretty shitty they are so wow yeah, only the first one is a clive barker film okay uh, second one was done by pete atkins which was a friend of clive barker's mm-hmm. and so he's the one that continued that story with barker's blessings and barker had some input uh, by the third one, Barker was out, and you can feel it. So it's funny because all the other ones are marketed like Clive Barker's blah 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 blah. Clive Barker's blah. Sure, <laughs> like, that might be an IP thing. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. At, yeah. at that point, he had no control. He'd already sold that. Right. But but it's also probably in the contract they have to say Clive Barker's, which becomes ironic because then they're putting his name onto something he has nothing to do with and is probably not happy with. I think it's the opposite. I think it's the fact that. They bought his use of that name, and he would rather them not use it, but they're using it because yeah. they believe that brings in people. Mm-hmm. Much like Stephen King's Lawnmower Man until Stephen King got it, sued and got his name off of it. Oh, good like, for him. Uh, I didn't realize they'd done that. Was it the one I saw recently? Again. Uh, oh, uh, uh, John Carpenter's Vampires Los Muertos, starring oh, John yes. Bon Jovi. Oh, I never saw that one. Terrible. But if you'd it? seen it once and do it was awful, why would you see it again? I didn't watch the whole thing. I was flipping through the channels oh. one night, and it happened to be like on HBO or Showtime, and I just caught like the last couple minutes okay. of it, and I was like, oh my God, this thing, and I actually went past it, but it reminded me of how terrible it was. No surprise on the awful scale, but uh, my, my, my daughter and her boyfriend went to go watch the Emoji movie Ugh. on a dare, more or less, and it is oh, yeah. every bit as awful as it sounds. And they were like, hey, Dad, this and movie it, was emoji piece, like the emoji shit. Yeah, emoji. Right, yeah. <laughs> emoji pizza, yeah. emoji shit. Yeah. It's also basically nonstop product placement. They actually like show you how to play Candy Crush and how show you how to play Dance Dance Revolution in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did we expect any less when they when they announced? I mean, I w- we talked about it on the show. I was surprised by the, the product placement. Movie. I was very surprised by the product placement thing. I was like, really? It's like, yeah, it's like there's whole sections that are basically ads. Well, and it's not funny like Wayne's World? Right. You know, like, okay. there, there's, I mean, I think within, when this was announced, I didn't care. But at the same time, I hold out a little bit of hope because the Lego movie right. has set a standard sure. for take a, take a non-movie IP and 
that's totally lunatic to make it into a movie and make it a movie and make it good. Yep. So, you know, but at the, I mean, it's no surprise emoji sucks, but at the same time, it's like, eh, there's precedent for it yeah. maybe coming out and surprising you. It's playing at the dollar theater, so. Woohoo. <laughs> oh, God. Dollar fifty theater. Dollar fifty theater, you're oh. right. I was only tempted when they announced Patrick Stewart was in it as a voice. <laughs> the, the poop oh, emoji. my God. But then I was like, no, that's even that's not enough. Patrick. <laughs> oh. Pay the bills, man. Wow. <laughs> Can't live your life on Instagram. He was probably uh, some, Patrick Stewart was probably say, thinking the same thing you were. It's like, oh, well, the Lego movie did fine, so well, let's try that. <laughs> I haven't played it yet, but I bought today uh, the South Park, the Fractured Butthole. Ooh. Which is the follow-up to the, the Stick of Truth video game. And the only I'm time excited. I've ever watched Jeff play an RPG, a, not just an RPG, but a turn-based RPG, I, Jap- Japanese style. I hate turn-based RPGs, but this, the, the stick of truth was so much fun and it, it wasn't your common turn-based RPG, but yeah, it really is fun. It had, it, the stick of truth had so much of the elements of what makes South Park watchable. A lot of the early reviews of this one, the fractured butthole, says that it's it's a continued a continuation name. of. Well, they they said they were surprised when they gave it that name that it just it seemed like it got right past because they they kept spelling it out. Sure, the fractured and it got butthole. But it, it just like with uh, you know bigger, longer, and uncut the movie, they were amazed that they got that past. You know the MPAA. To be honest, sure. <laughs> they, Although that's, that's they said they submitted the that's name. Easy to do though. That 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 one's not such a, a stretch. Yeah, it's called you. You send your name, and right beside it is a briefcase full of money, and they go, "Okay, fine, click." Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like it's, as soon as they were asked why the name was like, well, it's it's you know it's a full length movie, so it's bigger, it's longer, and it's uncut. And then they're giggling as they leave the meeting, and it apparently you know completely went over the heads of the. Uh, the MPAA people, and then uh, the same thing with apparently they're all in their 70s. Well, like Ubisoft, <laughs> the, huh? What is that? The Ubisoft <laughs> producers they had to explain to them that it was double meaning, and I, I don't know if it's just because it's a Canadian company or what, but <laughs> Matt, didn't, uh, Matt Ubi- didn't like no, that no, joke. no, Ubisoft That's is French. um, yeah, well, but they also have uh, oh, they yeah, they have studios, throughout. yeah, but is it, hey, wait, is wait, it wait, Ubisoft wait. Montreal? I believe so, Ubisoft. That's why. Ubisoft was involved in Bigger, Longer, and Uncut? No. No, okay. no, the game. Okay. This game, The Fractured Butthole. So you're See, on the MPA. N- n- now you know what it's like to listen to one of your conversations, I know. Andy. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> well, I but wanna, anyway. I want to thank everybody who's been writing in, writing in emails, and we will get to those emails, but not today. Aww. So much news. Well, oh, my uh, word. If we do the, the Pop-O-Matic. Yes. Do, could we add in, like, say, yep, if, the dice it, has if seven we hit sides. one, All right, here we, we have to do an email? No. No? Okay. You're, you're I tried. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling no, me. I, I, I made the such a decision that I cut the email off my notes entirely, oh. so I can't. Oh. Hold on. So 80s thinks that your emails is like rolling a critical failure. <laughs> so can you believe that? Shock mm. monkeys? Write Listen to, a, to that. Write to us comments. Okay. Okay. And what on a, a D6, which is an even bigger failure than on a <laughs> D20. <laughs> wow. 
Isn't okay, that true? fine. It could be a six instead of the one. Does that make you happier? I, no, you can't I, go back I, now. I love the All fact right. that ADs tried to defend the, the listeners and get their emails read, and he got shit for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how we roll. That's how we roll. <laughs> Welcome to suddenly the you are the bad podcast, guy, Andy. <laughs> suddenly you're the bad guy. <laughs> that's that's the nature of this podcast. Have you not figured that out by uh, now? <laughs> I haven't seen it in that sharply uh, sharply uh, illustrated before. <laughs> so when we have this much news, we can only do one thing and that's bring back the pop-o-matic of doom yes so go ahead and pop me one gentlemen one to two it is news you don't give a shit about three we'll go, four we'll we can geek. This time. five six pick up sticks pick up sticks pick up six that's a five six that's a red light green light all right gentlemen decide upon this pitch there's a new supernatural cop drama heading to the cw titled dead inside red light the project hails, I'm dead inside, red light. <laughs> the project hails from Katie Lovejoy, behind Miranda's rights and NBC's Dracula TV series, an executive produced by Bill Lawrence, who created Spin City, Scrubs, and Cougar Town, with Lovejoy penning the TV show. In the series, a beat cop whose career is going nowhere survives an explosion that kills her hotshot detective older brother. When she starts seeing his ghosts and begins to really live her life for the first time ever, their brother-sister dynamic is changed as they work together to solve crimes for the living and the dead. And they also have to figure out the unfinished business keeping his spirit from going into the light. Red light, uh, green wait, light. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't that already done with uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jeff Bridges? Were they like cops or uh, something? Or I don't. Think no, that it, was more of a Men in Black kind of thing. That was yeah. nowhere near Ghostbusters, Men in Black type. Yeah. Thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I would say that was Men in Black for ghosts. Sure. That still doesn't change my red light. Green light. Green light. I was gonna say I stand by my red light. You're green lighting it, huh? Sure. Why not? I, I'll, I'll red light it because it sounds like everything else is out there. Oh wow! Everything else has got ghosts. Yeah, it sounds like I mean it's, it's it's similar to I Zombie, which I've gotten. I've, I've I'm not plowing through that very quickly. Um, it's I Zombie. To, they solve crimes. Yes. Oh wait, she eats the eats the brains, so she finds out what's good. She takes on their memories and she eats the brains. Yeah, yeah. So that is a red light yep. for Dead Inside. Yeah. Take that, CW. Yeah. Pop it, guys. Uh, yeah, we're going backwards today. We started with Matt, so yeah, counterclockwise. Oh no, check. That was me. Okay, oh. that was me. I thought we were going counterclockwise. Sorry. Oh god, we got a six. All right, red light, green light. Yes. Thank goodness, I got lots. Wake of these. up, Andy. Damn it. You knocked lots over your. Uh, <laughs> Andy knocked over his soda on the uh, Pop-O-Matic. Jesus oh. Christ! <laughs> now the Sticky-O-Matic. Now it only rolls twos. All right, here we go. Red light, green light. No, no, no. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it is. Six. Shit, six. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're trying. I appreciate it. Damn it. You're thinking of his six critical hits? French comic book artist, writer, and director Johan Sfar will be making his first English-speaking live-action drama series called Monsters Shrink. The show, ordered by Canal Plus in France will be an eight-part series based on Safar's own 2013 novel titled I, L'Eternel. The story follows the New York psychoanalyst named Rebecca, who learns her hubby has been found dead in their villa in the south of France. Quote, determined to discover the real story of his demise, Rebecca heads to 
Antibus. Antibus? You had it right, yeah. Okay. And is confronted graveside by uh, Ionis, a vicious and elect- intellectual Eastern European vampire who is also a surprisingly good handyman and is desperate to change. Ionis convinces his wary and scared Rebecca to give him therapy sessions after she realizes he might be connected to her husband's death. In order to access their knowledge and information, Rebecca agrees not to just analyze Ionis, but become a shrink for all monsters, discovering an entire underworld hidden in the dirty streets, shops, and houses of France. Uh, production on Monster Shrink will kick off early 2018. I'm going to green light that one. That one sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Is it a comedy or is it, is it a drama? It's so far, what I read there was drama. Oof, tough. Comedy for it was a green light for sure. Drama? Nothing's uh, been done like this, though. I'll so give I'm it a gra- very, very tentative green light. All right. Green light. It sounds like iZombie, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, my, my opinion is moot at this point, but red light for me uh, yeah, well, doesn't sound interesting at all. Not the, not the monster shrink? Nope. All right. Well, there it is. A green light Coward. for monster <laughs> shrink. <laughs> We gotta put him in like a bunch of bubble wrap or something. <laughs> we need to make Andy wireless. I'm, yeah, I was gonna say I, I have the wireless adapter, and I think that's the next step. I would, give him the wireless. I would mic love that and wireless headphones so that he has nothing to tug on during the show. Oh, he's got something to tug on, but hopefully he doesn't tug on that here during the podcast. Right? Yeah, and then he'll be knocking things over with that. Yeah, that's why I insist he doesn't wear the kilt. <laughs> All right, pop me another one, gentlemen. What category are we doing this time? Is it the fifties or? Did you do it? Eighteen ninety-nine. Oh, it's your turn. It's your turn then. We're doing. We're going backwards because Matt started and then. We're... Oh, I see. We're going backwards by. Right. I don't understand backwards. We're going, we're going clockwise. Backwards. We're going backwards. I would like anybody to pop a ball. Get it. <laughs> Two. There. Two. So there. News you don't give a shit about. No. Nope. We're going backwards by. <laughs> By seniority, seniority. God damn it. Seniority? seniority. What the, do a fucking circle. <laughs> Jesus Christ, seniority. Fuck you guys. Fuck that. What Jesus that? Christ, it's a circle. Oh my fucking Christ. <laughs> Just Jesus like you know, nuts. I don't care what we do. Shut up, man. <laughs> hey, this is, this is Jeff's idea, so he's the jerk. Ninja don't give a shit about for months now. Fans have wondered what kind of impact Star Trek Discovery would have. In many ways, that's a question about the impact the story will have on the franchise, but it's also a question on how the show will affect the streaming market. Uh, CBS elected to air the series, apart from the premiere episode, which premiered on their network, on its streaming service, CBS All Access. To watch the full season, you have to sign up and pay a fee. Question is, did it work? So far, the answer is apparently yes. According to uh, according to data from Variety, the CBS All Access app increased its revenue 1.8 times on October 1st, which is when customers who signed up for the week-long free trial would actually have to start paying for the service. The CBS app, where you could stream the series premiere, increased downloads 2.5 times. Now it's important to note a couple things. One, this report doesn't include people who signed up simply by going to the CBS website, which means the number of new subscribers could actually be much higher. And two, it's always possible that many of these new subscribers took the free trial option, then forgot to cancel it before they were charged, which means that next month's numbers for the service could be much lower. 
According to App Annie, the app review uh, revenue from this increased subscription is, quote, well over $60,000 in the U.S. So this also doesn't mean CBS is about to become the next streaming giant, thanks to Discovery. Uh, the network itself hasn't released its own version of streaming viewership numbers, and it's very possible it won't. Uh, one thing's certain, though, even if the show is ultimately a blip on the screen, uh, Star Trek Discovery's created a spark. <laughs> they had, uh, the Penny Arcade had a uh, great little comic on that uh, about the signing up for the free trial and then not canceling. <laughs> yeah. It was basically, it said that, he said, it's free to sign up for, you know, you just have to make sure you cancel it. And then the, the other character said, he's like, you know I'm never going to cancel it. He's like, this premiere is going to cost me $18,000. <laughs> Something like that. And I've heard the show's gotten really good as it's gotten going on. That's okay. the opinion I'm getting from my Star Trek friends that signed up for it. I'm just patiently waiting yeah, it's for me. It's rapidly turning into. It's just. It's sort of like Enterprise in that. Don't worry about the Star Trek stuff. Just look at this science fiction show, and it's a. It's a. It's. I think it's a good space opera show. So, mm. I liked <clears> the first episode. Yeah, I'm hearing good things about the Orville too. I'm seeing. Yeah, I like the Orville a lot. The Orville's good. The Orville certainly seems to. Attach itself to the spirit of Star Trek. Right. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody post that, that uh, they, they, they like the Orville as a Star Trek show better than they like the Discovery. Well, I yeah. watched, uh, I saw like a Rotten Tomato thing, like an article on that. Yeah. Uh, viewer, uh, audience is like 9.2 or something for Orville, and then critics is like 3.8. And then it goes Discovery, audience like 4.8, and then critics 8.9 or something. So it's just oh, funny, funny how they. Huh. That is funny. Mm. Which I wonder if it's like the Star Trek name, you know, money to the critics, here you go. Like, I don't know, something. <laughs> I know some of the critics for the Orville that said that it'd be a bit better if if it weren't Seth MacFarlane in the starring role. And I'm like, come on. The man is a huge Star Trek fan. Who doesn't want to play Captain Kirk? And who doesn't want to, you know, have a TV show yeah. sure. with themselves? So I, I, it's, I get it's, that. Yeah. But at the same time, I also get the whole recognizable face because right. Seth MacFarlane pretty yeah. much just plays Seth MacFarlane whenever he's in anything. Yeah. So that's. I mean, he's he has the Seth MacFarlane quote unquote joke moments, mm-hmm. but for the most part, he has been playing the role fairly straight. You know, like yeah. like a captain would be of a ship, with hmm. the occasional throwing in of twentieth century and twenty first century jokes at the expense of one of the other characters that doesn't know the reference that they have. So yeah, it, he anyway. doesn't bother me, but I no, can see how it doesn't bother me some. either. But yeah, some people are just oh good. Critics just don't like his face. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. So even though CBS All Access isn't you know going gangbusters because of this, it's turned out to be at least a so far a profitable experience. Well, shoot, and not to mention the fact that they had the whole series paid for just from the advertising revenue that they had before they had even shot an episode. Yeah, but the just, news, the just news here is the, the, the streaming service, if it's working in it. I hate the fact that it is. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather not have it all. I'd rather have it whole, not all fractured. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah. All right. Oh. Here we go. You've been sitting on that joke for a little bit nope. since you was talking about this. Six. six. Red light, green light. We're going to do a circle. Oh, we're going to so, switch so up the order now? All right. So we'll start at you and go back this way. I'm just glad that it goes to somebody. <laughs> I agree with you. 
So don't 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 sigh at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rupert Wyatt, director of Rise of the Planet of the Apes and director executive producer of the television show The Exorcist, along with Oscar-winning screenwriter Charles Randolph, who did The Big Short, are creating a new sci-fi western. According to the Hollywood Reporter, the series is called Red Rush, a title that invokes the historic 1848 to 1855 California Gold Rush. It's about life on Mars in the 22nd century, and Mars is the new Wild West. Characters include a scientist who is studying Earth from the Red Planet, a miner in possession of a illegal horde, and an intelligence operative who is, who's big on security. Quote, all will be drawn into a plot that will shake the powers that be on the Red Planet and beyond, unquote. The series is being developed for Netflix, although it hasn't yet officially been picked up. Rupert Wyatt's Red Rush. Red why, light, green light. Why not? Green light it. Yeah. I, I like a good space western. Space western sounds like a firefly, so I'll red light it. Isn't that how we're doing it? <laughs> it sounds like something we red light? Dude, you, you're cranky when your back hurts. <laughs> well, it's, it's, Have it's, a Snickers bar, man. It's something I hear from a lot of people that I never understand. Because they'll they'll draw tenuous connections between two things and say that they're too close and therefore no. But then something like this comes along. And, and I'm like you. I like a good space western. That actually sounds like it'll be cool, especially if it goes more than 13 episodes. Hey. Right. And right. They don't put it like 13 episode, 10th episode. Right, right. Episode. And start with the pilot. <laughs> Imagine if all that happens, the world we would have. So I'm actually green light because it does sound yeah. actually kind of cool. Well, Jeff. Are you going to uh. write it? Because. You're gonna red light it for the red planet? What? I'm tempted to red light it, not wow. not for the reason that Kirsten said. It just doesn't sound interesting to me. No, no. Wow. And I love my sci-fi. Yeah. It's just I'm, I'm a bit surprised. Yeah. This is what three reds in a row for me. Here? Yeah. And you're calling me cranky. <laughs> I'm not cranky. I'm just not this feeling is, this it. This is I'm the just angry like, couch hmm. today, right yeah. over here. Like I'm not angry about it. I mean, you know, more power to him if it's a success. <laughs> the, cou- the couch of crankiness. The, 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 it the just ca- doesn't sound. The couch sound of the cranky and indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't sound good to me. Sorry. No, oh, you I, have I, to apologize. It's your opinion. It's yeah. good. So. I, I, I would. I would prefer to see Sparks Nevada Marshall on Mars, but this will do. Adam, who? <laughs> Sparks Nevada Marshall on Mars. Explain the character what? name it's is one of Sparks the, Nevada. It's, it's one of the uh, segments of throwing throwing Adventure Hour. Oh, okay. Is Sparks Nevada Marshall on Mars? Oh, is, um, oh Mark Evan Jackson playing the. Are these title one of your role. radio programs from like when yeah, you yeah. were two back no, in the thirties or what? Throwing podca- Adventure Hour is a podcast thing. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> okay. And it actually has uh, 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 names in it. No, oh, lots of names. Uh, Nathan Fillion's on Sparks Nevada Marshall on Mars. He's a recurring character. Um, Patton Oswald shows up. Uh, Andy Richter, um, yeah, I mean some some big names show up, and they, they it's it's done now. Uh, they're they're only doing it really occasionally now, but they did it for ten years. They have like ten years of episodes. Wow, really? Yeah, it's the first time hearing of it. I've so, been on this show several times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, yes. I, I, in fact, I think of you. I think of Thrilling Adventure. Right, Hour. exactly. No, I mean I I've heard you talk about Thrilling Adventure Hour. But I've never sparks. heard you mention because well, beyond be, beyond that. belief is what, all right, the, when they would do the show live. Yes. They would open up with um, Sparks of Adam Marshall on Mars. Okay. And then they would end with Beyond Belief. And then in between, there'd be one of 20 or 20 or 20 or so other things I could do. Okay. So it always opened up with Sparks of Adam, which has a great theme song. Uh, and then it would go to Beyond Belief, which was hilarious. 
Okay. Sparks the Battle is Sparks Battle is hilarious. If you're listening to Sparks the Battle is. Sparks and Vada, if, you, if you're going to go listen to Sparks and Vada, you need to go back to the earliest one you can find and listen to them in order, because it is cereal. episodic and serial. Gotcha. Uh, Beyond Belief, there's some of that, but it's, they're mostly self-contained. And Beyond Belief is uh, two society people who are more interested in drinking in themselves, but unfortunately, they also happen to be connected to the paranormal, so they spe- see ghosts and stuff, so all kinds of weird... They get involved in weird paranormal stuff, and they... And, and solve the problem, but mostly they want to get back to drinking. All right, it's 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 the thin man. Done yeah, as, 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 as I say, it's, it's, it's like the thin man done as a, as a paranormal thing. Yeah, and it's cute. and that is um oh shit, who is that? Um, uh, uh Paget Brewster is is uh, the female, and um, um shit, oh you got me, Paget Brewster. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what is his name? Uh, comedian, mustache, um, mustache. Oh, shit, it's the, oh, crap. I, I, for some reason, I can never remember. Is he his name. the loud one, the angry one? Yes, the loud one, the one. <laughs> yes. No, he shows up on. He shows up on a lot of like he's on <laughs> Mr. Show and stuff. And um, oh crap, carry on. I'll, I'll come yep. up with a name. All right, pop it. Didn't, didn't yeah, you say it. that you saw it live? Didn't you attend? No, I wanted to. Oh. And by the and 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 you I, almost did. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got to go see that live. And then I was talking to my brother about going to see it live. I was oh, All right, here we go. You're, you're not caught up. Torgo, yet, you ready? Are you? Because. <laughs> They stopped doing it. All right. Hit it. Red Holy light, green light. Thank goodness. I got a million of these. Loaded dive. Red light, green light. Len Wiseman has a deal in place to direct and executive produce an Underworld TV series along with Sony TV. Now, Underworld is part of his deal with 20th Century Fox Television. He's currently producing Lucifer and The Gifted for the studio. The Underworld film certainly did well, and the team behind those movies are coming back for the series. Lakeshore Entertainment produced the films along with Sony Films' Screen Gems, while Wiseman directed the first two films and produced the last three. Quote, The series will be pretty big departure from the films, <coughs> Wiseman said. I don't want to say it's more adult, but it's definitely less comic book in its tone and character. Unquote. So a less comic booky underworld, red light, green light. Well, I'll say green light because if they play with politics like they attempted to in the movies, there's a hell of a lot they can do. And the I've always viewed the genesis of underworld as Vampire the Masquerade. I was about to say game. that. That seems and, similar. And that thing is built on politics of factions and stuff like that. So if, if that's where they're going, then that could actually be really... I mean, that's, that's Game of Thrones, the Tudors... It's all sorts of weird politicking crap. So. House of Cards with fangs. Yeah, 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 House yeah. Except that there, <laughs> except that there's, there's no one guy. You know, House of Cards really is about uh, mm. Spacey's character, mm. <clears throat> but but along those lines anyway. Yeah, I want to see more of the um, humans faction actively hunting. The vampires and lichens like they were like i forget which was the third one or the fourth one man i don't remember I it was the very start of the movie where she's hiding from like kill teams um, and they're like apache helicopters and shit like we're, we throw everything at them i'm still yet to see a single underworld film i have no idea well the, the, the humans get their ass kicked but i mean like, there's just so many of us that it's sure. like a swat team goes in one vampire kills them all second swat team goes in <laughs> it's like yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so sales worth the price of okay you got me i'm I love yeah. to, i green like this one too it sounds right. fun jeff 
Hmm. Anyway, so oh, what God. I mean, what I mean is green light. That's yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah your, your, your excitement, the green yeah. showed up in your eyes. I want to yeah, see either yeah. that or that was an enthusiastic red. <laughs> I was gonna say those films dropped in quality pretty quickly, um, but I'll give the series a tentative green light because yeah, I think right. hopefully they could do more than they did with the the films. I I think I only saw the I, I know I saw the first one and the second one. I'm trying to remember if I saw the third one. Yeah, the third one is because they brought in... Uh, is that the Rise of the Lycans? Uh, what's her name to replace uh, Kate Rona Beckinsale. Mitra. Ro- Rona Mitra, yeah. Uh, and it was just not the same. But I guess was it the fourth one they brought her Beckinsale back? Yeah. I, think, I haven't yeah. seen that one. I have not seen that one. So That's the one where the humans <clears throat> finally figure out that, holy shit, there's all this stuff like the underworld kind of oh, thing. Okay. Like, and they all the governments stop fighting everything and they just actively <coughs> hunt everything. So Yeah, I just felt like the second and the third films were just diminishing returns and I was just like Wasn't no. one essentially Romeo and Juliet with kind of sort of some vampires? Yeah, uh, huh. the, the one the f- guy was that's why the war started, yes. More okay. lichen and then right. he turned into vampire lichen combo been a while, dude. And yeah. Well, the head lichen guy was in love with a vampire, and that's what started off because the the head vampire was his daughter, mm-hmm. and you can't intermix because what happens with the, the what he's talking about, like the the two species together create a third species, which is even stronger than both of them. Mm. Ah, so kind of like preacher in that regard. Oh, okay. Preacher fan knows what I'm talking about. Now, that does remind me that uh, there was a Vampire the Masquerade TV show for a season. No, was it really? Yeah, it's... Aaron Spelling. Yes. <laughs> oh my! God. It wasn't very good. I wouldn't imagine, but it existed. I think I have it on DVD. Oh, somewhere. Aaron Spelling. Yeah. But, wow. Uh, but but us goth kid fans and fans of Vampire the Masquerade got real excited for a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, I was disappointed because they they changed things around a bit. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, they they really messed with the lower in that one. Mm. Yikes. Oh, Aaron Spelling. So uh, Frank and Sadie Doyle, Beyond Belief. Uh, Frank is played by Paul F. Tompkins. Oh, okay. oh For yeah. some reason, I have a mental block in his name. I love him. He's hilarious. He's brilliant. Yeah. And every time I try and say his name, the minute I start to say it, I, I completely blank on it. <laughs> the only man to ever wear a top hat on uh, at midnight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And, and a, a, and a, and a monocle, too, if I remember correctly. All right. That's, uh, that's some deep cut trivia. Yeah. <laughs> Pop it. Two. 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 News you don't give a shit about. No, no, repop it again. <laughs> a new Flight of the Navigator remake is in the works. I was wondering how long that was going to take. <laughs> you got money in this one? No, <laughs> I just, it was like one of those that I'm sitting there and I'm Here's your dollar. Disney and remakes. Hmm. What would they have? What's been sitting on the shelf for 30 no, plus years? Wait, is, is oh, it, yeah. Is it 2018 or 2019? Because the bet it's important. <laughs> 2020 I, you, you, neither one wins oh, Kirk Cursor had that one uh, with Lucifer showrunner Joe Henderson helming Henderson will write the script for the project which is being set up at Lion Gate, Lionsgate with Jim Henson Company attached to produce uh, mm. released in 1986 the original film directed by Randall uh, Kleiser tells the story of a 12-year-old boy who is abducted by an alien craft and is returned to Earth eight years later, having not aged a day, and the alien charts and manuals inside his head. Obviously, the government, NASA in this case, wants to get his, hand, get his hands on the information, ends up chasing him and the alien ship, nicknamed Max, 
with which he has a telepathic connection. Henderson is not the first person, though, to take a crack at updating this Disney classic. Uh, Colin Trevorrow, uh, who did Jurassic World, and his longtime collaborator Derek Connolly gave it a shot in 2009. And then in 2012, a new project surfaced with Brad Copeland as writer and Mandeville partners David Hoberman and Todd Lieberman as producers. Aside from being one of the several E.T.-inspired movies of the 80s, Flight of the Navigator was also among the slew of darker-toned films Disney released in that decade, along with Dragon Slayer in 81, Something Wicked This Way Comes in 83, and Return to Oz in 86. So Flight of the Navigator getting the reboot treatment. I can't remember a damn thing about that movie. Yeah, me neither. No? At all. Really? I, I, watch, I know I watched it plenty of times. I want to say I even saw it at like the Dollar Theater when they're doing... like. Revival classic stuff where they were show like Monty Python or Blues Brothers. I, I, I swear I went to see that and I have no fucking memory of any of it. Wow, really? Just does yeah, not sink in. I, I, I remember it a lot. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I never a saw lot it. about it. Yeah. Really? Never saw it? Really? Never saw it. Mm-hmm. Huh. I, 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 I assume because I've never seen yeah. it either. So. I assume you watched it a lot, Jeff, then to. Uh, have I, such I, I saw it a few times. Um, it was uh, there's a friend of mine named Mike whose uh, parents had like this huge VHS and Beta collection. Oh wow! And that was one of the films that he introduced me to because I had not seen it in the theater, and we had watched it several times. It was just it was fun. It was uh, it, I, yes, I it is it, it is darker. I mean, it tends to have I'd say the material tends to skew a little more adult in theme as far as the. You know, this is a kid that was taken by this ship and then returned, you know, much later. All of his contemporaries are now adults. His parents thought he was dead for this longest time. Oh, so and he's, mean, still, he's still the same age. Yeah, he's yes, right. he hasn't aged, basic physics and interstellar travel and all that stuff. And then the ship getting uh, electrocuted by power lines because it was studying some flowers or something like that. And <laughs> yes... The computer. I don't remember this at all. You don't remember this. Well, anyway, and then. Wow, I think I would remember. When the that. computer tries to extract the memories from Max, he takes on some of his personality, so the ship becomes a very Pee Wee Herman. But steps are starting like this sometimes. You don't remember any of that? Oh, no, that's starting to sink I in now. Don't. I am remembering that. I don't yeah, remember. It's. Oh, I, you, how would I forget this? Oh, sure we have, we have to. Yes, we have to find this. <laughs> Fair we have to find this then. I'd have to. But yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's scary at the same time because you know he's being hunted by the. So it says it's NASA, but it tends to be more Air Force in the sense that these are armed individuals trying to kidnap him at one point, and then they're trying to shoot down the ship later on in the film and so, so forth. You, so you, you, you found a person who gives a shit about this. Man, in fact, I, I want to ask you: think it's ripe for a reboot? <laughs> I do think it's ripe for a reboot. I think they could do a lot more with it in you know 21st century than they could back in the early 80s so all right um yeah i'll green light it <laughs> <laughs> wrong category <laughs> speaking of categories give me a number gentlemen all right here we go one yay no, you don't give a shit about. Oh, now it's the right category andy <laughs> oh this one uh, this one's joyful the popular board game is about to take over the big screen Back in 2015, it was announced that Gail Katz, behind the Perfect Storm and Air Force One, had acquired the rights to this award-winning board game. The Settlers of Catan. Sony Pictures is in talks to acquire the rights and adapt The Settlers of Catan as a movie. 
Katz will be acting as producer alongside Dan Lin of the Lego Movie and It and Jonathan Eyrick from Netflix Death Note with Blaze Hemingway, who wrote Shooter, tapped to pen the screenplay. According to the trade, the Catan movie is being fast-tracked by Sony in hopes that it can launch a film franchise. Uh, Settlers Catan was uh, created by Klaus Tuber in 1995, received several awards over the years, including the highly coveted Game of the Year upon its release. The German game became so popular it sold more than 25 million copies worldwide and was translated into 38 languages. Over the years, several expansions and spin-offs were created, including Star Trek Catan, which was released by Mayfair Games in 2012, and the upcoming A Game of Thrones Catan. In the original game, players take on roles of settlers who must build settlements, cities, and roads on the ever-changing fictional island of Catan amidst scarce resources, with the goal of becoming the dominant community by achieving ten victory points. Remember when Star Wars stopped being about space wizards fighting with light swords and started being about trade federations? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this could work if they... If they actually do it, like, you're sitting there talking, doing your scene, all of a sudden a huge die just... Oh, shit, the bandit. All right, well, we got to go. Bandit's got our crops over here. Like, if they do it slapsticky like that, it'll work. Somehow I don't think that's where they're no. going. Have a Somehow movie where, where Matt shows up occasionally and goes, fuck this movie. I hate this fucking movie. Somehow I feel like it would be more like Battleship than that. Mm. Now, I know there's a short movie out there about... Uh, couples playing Catan and it becomes murderous. That I know exists out there. Yeah. It okay. doesn't say it's going to be sci-fi. It's Settlers of Catan. It's building roads and villages yeah, and that collecting like... rock and sheep. Mm. <laughs> and walking around Cold. going, I have wood for sheep. <laughs> Anyone have any sheep? I have wood for sheep. <laughs> I'll bet you do, Trebek. <laughs> Trading in your army cards. Oh, I I mean, good luck to him hammering mm. out a story from this. But boy. And yet we still don't have a Joust movie. Fuckers. <laughs> good luck. Good luck, Sony. Fast track it, and I hope it becomes your next cinematic universe of Catan. <laughs> Jesus. Yikes. Roll. And they roll. wonder why. Well, why is no one going God to see our movies? It. Two. Why is the news you don't give leads? a shit about? And Yay. this is the last news you don't give a shit about I have. Wow. Ooh. So the roles so are going to have to be split. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> We're yet to have any actual news. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all been ones and twos and fives and sixes so far. <laughs> there is a Hocus Pocus TV movie in the works. Red light. <laughs> Disney Channel is working on reimagining, so not a sequel, of its 1993 classic. And it's currently in the stages of development, early stages. Uh, the original movie, directed by Kenny Ortega, who also directed High School Musical, starred Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy as a trio of evil Salem witch sisters accidentally resurrected by teenager Max Dennison. Max was really a name in the 90s, wasn't it? <laughs> wow. 80s and 90s. Yeah, but for some, uh, it seems like that early 90s radical name was Max. Kay and I are going to revive it when we start doing our Max Ammo comic book. Max Ammo. Miracle a great Max. American hero. So Max I got it. Miracle Max. Resurrects these witches on Halloween night, 300 years after their death, and it's up to Max, some cohorts, and an immortal cat to put a stop to the villainous sister's dastardly evil plan to suck out the souls of the children of Salem. The new TV movie is reportedly being scripted by Scarlett Lacey, who's scripted the Royals, 
with the original movie's producer, David Kirshner, serving as executive producer. Uh, we don't expect the original actresses to return as the Sanderson sisters. However, since the new version will boast a new cast and director. The original movie was a Disney take on the Salem witches, and despite being critically panned, the film eventually became a cult hit and an annual Halloween staple on the Disney Channel and the Freeform Channel. So, I never saw Hocus Pocus. It's... Yeah. Eh, I saw it. A muck, a muck, a muck, a muck. Yeah, that, that sounds jovial. I smell a child. <laughs> that sounds creepy and stalkery. Yeah. If, if you're interested in seeing it, go ahead and said go watch The Witches. Okay. <laughs> Which is a much better movie. Duly noted. All right, so now we have to change the die rolls. One to three, Week in Geek. Four to six, Red Light, Green Light. Wow. All right, then. Six, Red Light, Green Light. Wow. I have a feeling next week's is going to be an all-news episode. Oh, Jesus. We did it in your order. Why are you complaining? You wanted, damn it! I wanted I wanted clockwise, not counterclockwise. Oh Oh, my god! (laughs) Yeah, so you know, don't blame this on me. All right, man, you really need the Snickers bar. You're really turning into Betty White over there. Angry, angry Betty White. I was gonna say not Betty White. Turned into uh, oh shit. Who was the other person in that commercial? (laughs) I told you ready for that one. Blanked out. Andy Dick. (laughs) No, the Andy Dick one was kind of funny though. Red Light, Green Light, The Changeling, a new novel by Victor Laval, has been picked up for development by Annapura Television. Released on June, released in June, sorry, Laval's novel is described as a mix of horror, fantasy, and realism. Young couple Apollo and Emma have a baby, which is a blessing to Apollo, who has been haunted by the disappearance of his father when he was a child. Determined to do right by his son, things take a turn when Emma becomes abusive and disappears, and the baby is murdered. Apollo sets out on a quest that, quote, takes him to a forgotten island, a graveyard full of secrets, a forest where immigrant legends still live, and finally back to a place he thought he had lost forever, unquote. Uh, Laval's other books include The Devil in Silver, The Ecstatic, and The Big Machine. He's currently developing his novella, novella The Bla- Ballad of Black Tom, as a series for AMC. So it's a lighthearted comedy? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Wow, it sounds heavy. Um, and this is a mo- it, movie, not a series. Yeah, this is a TV series. A TV series. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll greenlight. I'm curious where it goes. See, it seems. Kind of, I mean, I, I realize the subject is different, but tonally, reading that, it seems like uh, what dreams may come as far as sure. that kind of feeling. red light didn't grab me at all. I'm with Matt. Nah, doesn't sound remotely interesting. Uh oh. Uh oh. Um, I'll say green light. Ooh, yeah. So it's split. Split. Off right. to the monkeys. Off to the monkeys. The changeling by Victor Laval. What you got to say? Pop. Show us what you got. Pop it, monkey. It's his turn. Oh, that's. Right. I voted for Kodos. <laughs> Three. Three. Whoa! Hey, Breaking new ground. As part of its Fright Night festivities on October twenty eighth. BBC Radio 4 will air the reading of The Unquenchable Thirst of Dracula. It's not a radio play per se, but an unproduced script from the legendary Hammer Studios, where Christopher Lee played the Count in classic films like Horror of Dracula and Taste the Blood of Dracula. That was never filmed. 
The reading will be directed by Mark Gaddis, who is best known as a writer and director on Doctor Who and Sherlock, while also appearing on Game of Thrones as Tycho Nestoris, Cersei's contact with the Iron Bank of Bravos. Gaddis and Lawrence Bowen have adapted the screenplay for radio. Lewis MacLeod will star as Dracula. Michael Sheen will narrate. The story finds Dracula in India and aligning himself with an evil blood cult that sacrifices its victims to the secret caverns beneath an ancient palace. The proposed movie being shelved in favor of the swinging Dracula A.D. 1972, which had the Count rampaging through London's counterculture youth. Although it's not being made for the big screen, The Unquenchable Thirst of Dracula will be the first new Hammer production featuring the character in 43 years. The last one was 1974's The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, which didn't even star Lee as Dracula. The current CEO of Hammer Films, Stuart Oakes, commented that the studio, which made seven films during reviving in 2007, is interested in actually bringing The Unquenchable Thirst of Dracula to the screen at long last as well. And now you can visit the Radio 4 website to listen on October 28th to this unproduced Hammer television movie. All right. I am excited about that. That sounds really cool. Plus, it says there they're doing a Fright Night festivity, so who knows what else BBC Radio 4 will be doing. Narrated by Martin Sheen. That's... I'm sorry? Michael? Michael Sheen. (laughs) I like mine better. (laughs) Martin Sheen. (laughs) It would, it would, he would have a nice gravitas to it. It would sound a little too uh, left-wing presidential, though. I think. Mm. Or Apocalypse Now. Oh, yeah. London. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Gentlemen, pop it. That's cool. It's you, uh, Jeff. Duh. <laughs> Let's take that. Ow. I, I think it did the same. Th- if it's on the it's sofa, the, yeah, it seems to just not. Surface. Let me put it on a hard it's surface, surface here. Man. Oh, yeah. Three. No, it's, three, it's the same thing. The same thing. It three. Likes you. It likes the letter, the number three. <laughs> the letter three. We can He's going to explode. You know? <laughs> Just leave the pompomatic over there. <laughs> yeah, make, make Katie the long reach. It or was, do it at the table. It was recently confirmed by Marvel Studios president Kevin Fiju that... Uh, Fige. Fige. Oh. Fige. Oh, Professor DC is getting so <laughs> upset right now. <laughs> That Avengers 4 would bring an end to the MCU narrative that started with Iron Man back in 2008. By the time everything is all said and done, there will be 22 films that tell the epic story. And they're all great. We aren't really sure what's going to happen with the MCU after the story comes to a close. Kevin Fugel has said that it will be be a completely new (laughs) and different thing. And he said that he didn't know if there would even be a Phase 4. But it's already been revealed that Spider-Man 2 will be the first film to be released after Avengers 4. But according to director James Gunn, Guardian of the Galaxy 3 will be one of the big films that will kick off the whole new overarching story for the MCU. So ends with Avengers 4, but kicks off with whatever happens in part 3. All right. Of Guardians of the Galaxy. I watched Guardians 2 with, uh, with someone, and she actually was asking me questions throughout. Is that from the comics? Is that from the... And at the end of Guardians 2, when they do the stinger with uh, the Sovereign and the uh, birth pod, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's based on the pod that creates a character known as Adam Warlock, who's actually a major nemesis of Thanos. And she's like, so is he in Infinity War? What's going to happen? And I'm like, I have no clue. (laughs) So, but... 
it sounds like if three is kicking off all of that, then maybe that Adam Warlock will be the tie-in to for that, or maybe not. Yeah, but see, who knows? It might but not mean it. There's a, damn a couple thing. big arcs of Adam Warlock, so it could go. Yeah. yeah, but it does say it'll probably be cosmic, whatever it is. Yeah. Which you know, thumbs up from me. Yeah, I just uh, watching Guardians two again. God, what that? That's a beautiful. What film. a beautiful movie. Saw a new poster for Thor today. That was sort of arms outstretched, and, and uh, it was a lot of. It was almost like a spider. It was like you know, it was, it was a lot of arms akimbo and had akimbo stuff. It was very cool design. Nice. Probably yeah. inspired by Hela's. Uh, Cowl, you think maybe? Hillis Cowl is a big no, part of Kirby, it. Yeah, yeah. She, she, her cowl is a big part of that, yeah. and it repeats that sort of pattern. Yeah, I yeah. love all the crazy stuff that happened this week with Thor Ragnarok. Uh, from uh, Mark Ruffalo leaving his Instagram live thing open, you hear about that? I heard, but I didn't hear details. Yeah, he decided to do the red carpet live on Instagram, and everyone had to turn in their phones. Apparently, the stars didn't have to. <laughs> And he accident he put it in his pocket pocket accidentally left the live stream running, so people got to hear like the first half of the oh, Ragnarok okay. ah. live streamed from Mark Ruffalo's phone. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah. Sound, yeah. I was gonna say I saw the story. It says the said uh, with the he's like click here to here to the first thirty minutes or whatever of Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> it's like it's like with exception, and you click on there and it says there's no. Video, it's only sound. I was All like, right. yeah, who wants to do video that? of a pocket? Yeah, yeah. And then they were both uh, him and Chris Hemsworth were at an interview on an Australian show, and the interviewer asked him a question about a major spoiler that hasn't been revealed, like just completely spoiled a big part of the movie, like monstrous. I didn't even look to see what it was because okay. it's that big. Yeah, apparently. good. So I was afraid you were going to do that here. And then, of course, the precious reaction of those two actors dealing with the fact that this guy revealed a major part of the movie. Well, you idiot. Oh, the, the, interviewer, yeah. the interviewer revealed the spoiler? Yes. And they're both like, oh, like, uh, shit. We can't, um, er, yeah, uh, we can't answer that question. So I look forward to watching that interview once I've seen Ragnarok right. sure. just to see these two guys go, um, I'm in the most awkward place they could possibly be at that moment. So the, those two things both happened this last last week. Wow, last that's week. interesting. Yesterday, I found myself. I was looking for something specific, so I had, I had a three Walmart night, and at one of the WalMarts, I uh, ended up. I found it. I, I found what I needed. Uh, but I um, the the uh, horror videos. They released a whole bunch of uh, classic horror videos with this mm-hmm. great kind of tattooy art. Oh, this is. I'll, I'll, I'll post it on the layer later on. But it's this gorgeous art. I got to show you guys later. All right. Yeah. How did that work into the interview? With oh, the it was, it was, it was the, 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 the poster reminded me. It took it, it sunk into my head. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Why don't you pop it, Andy? All right. Five. Red light, green light. Red light, green light. Gentlemen, Octavia Butler was an African-American writer of powerful Hugo and Nebula award-winning science fiction, frequently set in a post-apocalyptic future. Her 1987 novel, Dawn, the first book on her Exogenesis trilogy, which is collected in one book. Uh, Lilith's Brood is being eyed as a TV adaptation. In Dawn, the Earth has been destroyed in a nuclear holocaust. The protagonist, Lilith, takes, uh, wakes 250 years later, learns that she and other humans have been rescued by aliens with three genders. But in return, the aliens want to mate with the remaining humans and create a hybrid species. 
According to Deadline, Ava du- DuVernay will be teaming up with director-writer Victoria Mahoney and Charles D. King's macro production company to make the series a reality. DuVernay's first big-budgeted film, A Wrinkle in Time, won't be released until March 9th of 2018. And Butler, the original author who won the MacArthur Fellowship, a.k.a. the Genius Grant, died in 2006. So Octavia Butler's novel Dawn from the X-Genius series. Three genders. Get it. Who did it it say it's going to be on? It didn't say who's picked it up. It's just being in development. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Alien sex. Uh, I think you're focusing on (laughs) one small aspect of it. Green light. (laughs) Uh, I it's it sounds kind of interesting. I hope it's done well. So, uh, uh, green light. Um, I'm I'm curious. Yeah, I'll I'll green light it. You're uh, trying it, curious. It's, it's really <laughs> it's, it's tricky because the because the whole the saving the humans' lives if they'll have sex with them is a little me tooy, but uh, uh, little little uh, uh coerced rape kind of kind of thing. <laughs> I, you got to be really careful how you handle hey, this. Hey, baby, let's repopulate yeah, well, the species. Well, you then follow the book, because Octavia Butler was uh, African-American. She's also a feminist author. Mm-hmm. So she, <clears throat> I haven't read it, but I would assume that she knew what she was going about when she was writing that yeah. story. So you're right. If it's handled wrong, it'd be terrible. But yeah. I think I'd, be, I'd hazard a guess that the bl- building blocks for doing it you know, correctly or doing it in a mature a thoughtful manner are all in the all in the story mm-hmm. that makes sense so i'll say green light all right all right and and matt just from the sex alone goes on that's right that. that's good and by the way when you said me too yeah i i thought you were saying meat ooey <laughs> meat ooey it's and i was just ooey. like where where's it going with that <laughs> what the you have to guess, and hopefully it, it, it comes around. It's like, oh, okay, that's where he's going. That was like one it. of the descriptions on a D&D game I was playing last week. The DM describes something as, it's kind of like gooey energy. Oh. And okay. we, we all just gooey sat there and we're like, okay. <laughs> it didn't really help us figure out what was going on. I like this. We're flying through these. Give me a pop. Weekend Geek. It's a number three. Three. Writer-director Josh Boone has been hired to pen the screenplay for Stephen King and Peter Straub's 1984 novel, The Talisman. The Talisman is similarly fantastic to King's dimension-hopping series, The Dark Tower. It features a boy that must save his mother and face twinners, parallel individuals on flip sides of a universal split, living in a world populated by werewolves and gunslingers. King's It became a cinematic smash this year after cutting out much of the overly strange bits to focus more on horror and childhood friendship. So adapting another of his more fantasy-leaning works may be a bit risky considering the reception to The Dark Tower. Uh, Boone's directorial debut, Stuck in Love, featured a cameo by King, who had been in contact with the director of Boone since uh, Boone reached out to the author as a 12-year-old fan. The fandom even helped prepare Boone for a writing career after Stuck in Love in 2012 and The Fault of Our Stars in 2014. He was attached to adapt Stephen King's The Stand. Uh, The plan split into a multi-movie series and then fell apart. And then Boone moved on to newer King work, Revival, which still may or may not surface at some point. 
Hmm. So the talisman is happening. Now, talisman is a, another of Stephen King's books I haven't read. One of the yeah, other ones say, I've kept in the back pocket. This is one of those books that you see, I, I saw in the bookstores for years, and I would see in the used bookstores for years, and still had no idea what it was about. Never even actually picked it up to look at the back cover. Yeah, weird. I, know, they, I don't know I, why I have no interest. All I really knew about it for ages was a kid loses his mother and goes searching for her in an alternate dimension. See, that sounds interesting. I, I might pick that up now. So, yeah, it does. So this this last year, of course, was the, the year of the Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. This next year, uh, I'll be tackling... I plan on tackling two of the missing King trilogies. Talisman now, because this has been announced. Okay. Because I won't watch it without reading it. Right. Uh, and that follows with The Black House. That's the follow-up book that he wrote with Peter Straub. And also the Mr. Mercedes series of books. There's three books in that series. And the, the first... Uh, season went through in Hulu already. It's already been greenlit for a second season. Oh, wow. So I got to do that one, too. All right. And Mr. Mercedes, remind me what that's about. Mr. Mercedes is... Uh, I buys a Mercedes. Um, yeah, a, it's yeah. a long version of Corvette Summer? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he drives it, and then he's like, you know what? Maybe I'll pick up a BMW. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Mr. Mercedes, <laughs> yeah, that's his it. name is synonymous with the he, car. He walks he into the dealership. He's like, Audi. And they're like, no, no, we're be- oh. <laughs> You got me with that one. Uh, <laughs> is he bugging you? Uh, if I understand right, Mr. Mercedes is more of a detective drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a killer out there that is running over people with his, with his car, Mr. Mercedes. Okay. And the detective that tracks him down. Nice. That's, I guess, basically it. Well, Matt, Matt was sort of sort of on point. Yeah. Mr. Mercedes. <laughs> Holy shit. Anyways. All right, oh. give us a pop. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you poor, poor guy. Why are you making him do this? No, no, no. We got to it keep doesn't it on a hard surface because it sucks otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as was proven in the last one. Foe. Red light, green light, guys. Johnny Depp's production company is in talks to turn the MMO game called The Secret World into a television series. It's based on the universe of the Secret World IP. It will center on a team of undercover agents and the shadowy war between secret societies, the Illuminati, Dragon, and the Templar. Central to the plot is their battle against the supernatural, an adventure that spans across our world and incorporates the realms of ancient myths and legends, as well as today's conspiracy theories and headline news. The Secret World, gentlemen. Red Ugh. light, green light. Never played it. Ugh. Heard about it. I've heard good things about the game. Yeah. People that have played that game have enjoyed that game. I'm surprised it's still around. Because that game came out. I enjoy conspiracies shortly without buying after, into them. Oh, uh, wow. Shortly yeah. after a while. I enjoy conspiracies without buying into them. So, yeah. I'll, I'll green light it. Sounds, All right. Sounds fun. No. Red light. <laughs> green I do light. like that whole Illuminati Templar type stuff, so yeah. green light. As, as soon as he said Illuminati Templar, and, and I was like, nope, done, red light. <laughs> so we got to split again. Yeah, you said. Oh, no, I said green. Yeah. Oh, you said green. Okay, then we yeah. don't. Yeah, green so we have, a cranky, we have a cranky couch monster again. I'm not cranky. It just doesn't, <laughs> s- <laughs> it doesn't sound remotely interesting. <laughs> All right, give me a pop. What you That's got? you, Jeff. Yeah. Did you just do that? Uh, no, Kay did that, and then he moved okay. over here. What? Oh, yeah. Six. Red light, green light. 
The CW is prepping a remake of its late 1990s, early 2000s sci-fi team drama, Roswell. <laughs> Are you involved this time? Not this time. I'm not, okay. I'm not, I'm not on this one. Did but they call you at least? They did not call me. For Bastards. real? Yeah. If they, Bastards. They're not bringing the team back, man. <sighs> but it's a big change, so, so maybe that's why. Here. Instead of a teen soap opera about high school drama, the concept is being reimagined as a timely immigration tale with aliens. The reimagining is written and produced by uh, Corita Ali McKenzie, who did the originals, and is designed to, quote, reflect the realities of its location in a state bordering Mexico, unquote. The story focuses on the daughter of an undocumented immigrant who returns home to New Mexico and reconnects with her high school crush, who is now a police officer. Oh, in addition to being a cop, he's also an alien that has spent his life in hiding in the alien-themed tourist trap of Roswell. The series itself will follow their relationship as they rekindle their friendship, dig into extraterrestrial mysteries, stumble upon government cover-ups, and deal with the general racism and the ways it can manifest in society no matter what type of alien you might be. As far as any connection to the original series, there's not much. The original producer of the 90s series, Kevin Kelly Brown, is involved in the reboot, but aside from Brown, it's a fresh creative team, and the story itself also seems unconnected to the narratives from the original series. So, hmm. the brand new Roswell. Sorry, Togro, but I've never liked the original. That's so. Don't bother me. That was shit. <laughs> so. Roswell was a terrible show. Yeah. So, uh, red light. Red light from Matt. Mm. <laughs> green. <laughs> that gets your green. But. Well, oh. That gets you green. We got to make that into some kind of catchphrase. <laughs> that gets you green. That gets you green. <laughs> He's going full Kermit, man. Mm, yeah, I'm sure I'll give it a green light. Wow. Anything has to be an improvement over the last couple of seasons of the original. It started off really. The original series started off well, but then it just and then, and then they hired went Torgo. To shit. It became a, yeah. They yeah, hired as soon, me. As, as soon as they brought as soon as they brought you in, it went to shit. Once, no. once they hired Mister High School Melodrama, it was off. <laughs> and and gave him a radio and a, and a golf cart. It was like it just went yeah. right down to. Okay, yeah. Matt doesn't know about your. No, no, no. I know. But oh. did you also like deliver some food to like? Like, didn't you have like a dude? Mean, I, was like a, a, I was a PA. I did all the shit work. Okay, yeah. He has some stories. He, at, yeah, yeah. One of these days, he should probably relate some of them. That's there's at least a couple that I found really amusing. So, I'll, I'll give you one that comes to mind. All right, a production assistant. If you're not aware, uh, does all the, the copies scripts, hands them out, fills up the the closet full of snacks. Delivers mail to various studios. Calls any, actors. Anything the producers yeah. and assistant directors want done in the office, that's what you do. Somewhere between gopher and slave. Yeah, that's okay. about right. But it gives you full studio privileges, so you get to wander around the studio at your leisure because you don't have to do anything really fast, usually. And then, of course, being male, we delivered to three different studios, so that means I had studio access to basically all of Hollywood, the big major players. So that part was cool. Mail, it was groundwork. Postage, mail. Yes. I know. It, I I uh, I heard the same thing. Of course, Andy. of course, because I had a penis, I could go anywhere I wanted. Yeah, exactly. To. I mean, <laughs> being male. <laughs> like wow. I, I will say I was the only male PA that we had. <laughs> Were you really? Yeah. Well, that yeah. obviously they needed somebody to right. deliver right. the mail yeah. to all the other studios. Exactly. I was gonna say yeah. that's that's part of the stories you've told me that you've never revealed before that you were the only male. Yeah, PA. I was one of three yeah. production assistants. The other two female. They were awesome. One of them introduced me to emo music. That was fun. Mm. 
So um, early 2000s, you were there, Star Trek. I left Star Trek, uh, left for L.A., was there about six months before no, no, I got No, 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 I mean, Star Trek is still filming, or Enterprise, no. Uh, Oh yeah, uh, Voyager is Voyager there. Voyager is still yeah. there. And wow. this, this fucker got to go on the Voyager set. Yeah, and they were also filming Nemesis during that time. Jonathan Frake stopped by the office in his Starfleet outfit. It was pretty damn cool. Yeah, because Frakes was a producer on the yes. show too. Yeah. yeah, that that was one of my favorite stories. He said, walks in, he's in full Riker outfit. He's every fanboy in the place just was gape jawed <laughs> just watching him <laughs> and he walked over to the seat and he fucking did the Riker sit did down right sit, <laughs> <laughs> to sit on it backwards yeah. flip it around and then <laughs> and also at the time uh, Frakes was working on his time movie I can't remember what it was oh, called oh uh, yeah I know which one you're talking Clockers Clockers yeah so, he, so we were also kind of an adjunct office for that too so I did okay. some stuff for that I've been re-watching Leverage and he is he directed an incredible amount of those episodes. Sure. Yeah, and, and some of the best ones. Yeah, he's look up, his, he's look up director. his director, like his directing on IMDb. He's got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. He's, he also, to, he's also directed episodes of The Librarians. Um, he's directed uh, The ones that I've seen so far I've really liked. I don't know why I didn't catch the series you know, when it was first run because I've been catching them in repeats. Uh, he's also directed an episode of The Orville already. Okay. But anyway, you I didn't, you didn't that, finish yeah. your story. You said you were driving around. Right, you were driving around there, swinging there your dick. The one night that I got the most overtime. <laughs> I can't remember. Andy, shut up. I, Jesus. I can't remember the name of the two actors that were the leads. But they like to bet each other on. speaks well for them, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I, Here, fr- do you want me to frankly, uh, Karen Heigl's the only one that came out of that show that ever got a career. The two lead actors would make bets with each other all the time and one of them this evening made a bet to the other one that he wouldn't pee his pants then and there on the set would or wouldn't would not that he wouldn't do it wouldn't yes i i'll he said i'm sorry i will pay you if you will if you will pee your pants okay Okay. yeah all right so he says i will take that bet and then goes forward and pees his pants was it uh, Jason Bear or was it Brendan Fair? It was Brendan Fair who did the peeing. Okay. It was Jason Bear who made the... Uh, the made the bet? Made the bet. All right. So, thus, the entire production stops. And this is toward the end of the production day. Now, when this happens, they have to... No one's allowed to touch the pants... Because it is now considered a chemical hazard, right. they have to call the biohazard. In, biohazard. They have to call in the biohazard team to oh, collect man. the pants to take them to the washing to have them completely cleaned in a biohazard way. Yep, which has stopped production, and there is no replacement pair of pants, so we have to wait for this whole thing to go through. So I believe I was supposed to get off around six o'clock. I was there till eleven thirty. Mm. That evening for them to finish the production of the evening. And that's bullshit, too, because urine is sterile at first, so you can drink it. I it, wouldn't do it, but you can. It, in most things... Most things, it's it's treated it's, as biohazard. Yeah. Don't yeah. touch it. If it comes out of the body, it's biohazard. You're not... Yeah. Only specially trained people are allowed to touch it. So we were poking around the office until we got words that, yes, the pants have returned to the set. They are able to finish it off because it was toward the end of the filming. So it's not like they had an extra day to do it. And so money-wise, how much did that urine cost? Uh, I can't remember how much, but they had to pay a significant amount, not only in SAG fines, 
but also in the fact that they had to pay so many people overtime to stay over. Could it, could um, it be a million dollar urine? I won't say it's that much, but I would say it's certainly in the tens of thousands. Wow. Easily. So, yeah, they, they were fine for that stunt, and they never really you did that sort of thing again. You didn't have to pick up the pants and drive them around. I was going to say, nope. the way to make that the story better, Todd, is producer walks up to you with a hazmat suit. <laughs> Todd? Congratulations. If it wasn't strict, uh, strictly coded on how that stuff was supposed to be taken care of and by whom... You can bet that uh, my ass would have been over there picking up some soiled pants. Yeah. Oh, That's the PA life. Right, because yeah. you got the dick. So thankfully, there's regulations in place to keep me from having to the do PA that. PA with the PNS. Didn't you have to take like updated scripts sometime up to Vasquez Rocks or something like that? I, somebody, yeah, yeah. I had, somebody's were, told me that. They were that, filming yeah. up Vasquez Rocks, so I'd have to go up there and bring new pages. Or And sometimes we were working in tandem because we were at the time it was the Paramount Network. Mm-hmm. And we were working in tandem with uh, Angel, which was still filming. So I'd have to go over to the Angel offices and wow. and, and deal things with their scripts. And that was that did was cool. did, it say, did it say Wolfram and Hart right on the? <laughs> that would have been awesome. I, I really didn't get, get to do much with the Angel sets oh, okay. uh, I'd, or cross paths. I would see some of them uh, sitting down during their breaks, but that was about it. When I was going to California. Last month, I was driving down. I had, it, the nav took me on an alternate route because there was this major stoppage. And In California? Routed, no. I know, right? <laughs> but it routed me around most of the traffic, and I went away that I hadn't gone. And so I'm coming in from north of L.A., and I drove right past the entrance to Vasquez Rocks. Oh, sure. And had I not been about an hour behind schedule, I was totally going to just try to go in and stop. Yeah. But, stop, but as as with an Andy story, I almost went to Van I go, Vasquez Rocks. I go that route a lot because I, I, I will um, if I'm yeah if I'm trying to avoid brush hour traffic or trying to avoid the traffic, I'll cut through Palmdale and you yeah. come right by Vasquez Rocks and way down. Yeah, I think that's what it had me do too. Now yeah. those listening who don't know what Vasquez Rocks is, that is a a filming location outside of L.A. about an hour outside, which it's part of if, a national if, park. Yeah, and if you don't have a lot of money to go to a mountain. That's where you film your mountain because it's all these just large rocks out of the ground. It was where the Gorn battle took place yeah. in Star Trek: The Original That's Series. The most famous with Kirk and Bill and Ted too. Yep. Once you've seen Vasquez Rocks, you recognize it in many movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been TV shows, movies everywhere. Yeah, we got some more time. Let's pop that up, guys. All right, I think that's you, Matt. Pop Matt's up. Pop that zit. One week in geek. The long-lost Doctor Who story, Shada, is finally coming in its entirety thanks to BBC Worldwide. Originally meant to close the 17th season of Doctor Who in 1979, the serial, written by legendary author Douglas Adams, who did Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Mm -hmm. and Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, was never finished due to a strike at the BBC. Nearly four decades later, the story has finally been completed by the team behind the animation of the other Lost Doctor Who episode, The Power of the Daleks, by using original and remastered footage, as well as color animation to fill in the gaps. Nice. Uh, Said animation will also feature newly recorded voices of the original stars, Tom Baker and Lala Ward, who was Romana, reading from the original script. Shada was previously adapted as a novel titled, titled Doctor Who Shada, The Lost Adventure by author Gareth Roberts and as a big Finnish radio play starring 8th Doctor Paul McGann. The story sees the Doctor working with his companion Romana and a retired Time Lord Professor uh, Cron- 
Cronotus, played by Dennis Carey. Isn't Ramana a Time Lord, too? Yes. Okay. To defeat an evil alien named Skagara, played by Christopher Neem, a genius hailing from the planet Dronoid, who is planning to steal the secrets from the planet Shada, on which the Time Lords have built a highly high-security prison. I bet you got all those words pronounced correctly. I did. Yeah. I can guarantee it. But throw in a Scottish name and you're gone. I'm done. Uh, fans will be able to get their hands on Shada when the Complete Adventures is released via, via digital download on November 24th and on Blu-ray and DVD on December 4th. Pop something, guys. I'm going to get through these. Oh, Shut up. It's, old, it's old man Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> Come on up. <gasps> Jesus Christ, you got to give me a five-minute lead, man. <laughs> Dose. Dose. Week in Geek. Dose Week in Geek? Ron Howard is adding a bit of the Star Wars Legends extended universe to the, un- well, now it's titled Han Solo movie, now titled Solo, Solo. a Star Wars story. Uh, specifically, Tag and Bink from Kevin Rubio's Star Wars Tag and Bink comic series for Dark Horse Comics, which wasn't part of the official Star Wars canon until now. Howard tweeted out a picture of himself with Han Solo co-writer John Kasdan and Rogue One's first assistant director Toby Hefferman as Tag Greenlee and Bink Atuana, respectively. If you're unfamiliar with the adventures of Tag and Bink, think of them as the Star Wars equivalent of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, as portrayed in Tom Stoppard's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Wow. Somehow Tag and Bink intersected with every major character in both the original and prequel trilogies. Now it seems they have wandered into the Han Solo movie. Ken Rubio's response popped up shortly after and his excited prompted John Kasdan to hop in and declare his love for the comic series. They're Forrest Gumps. I love the idea of a Star Wars Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yeah. But aren't 3PO and R2 supposed to be the... They, they, they kind of are... I, I guess, yeah, I guess you could classify ne- them as such. Never mind. <laughs> but they aren't, the as, bu- aren't as bumbling and clueless as the Tom Stoppard? No. that's not, No, in fact, R2's the hero of the rebellion. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, those jets could have saved a lot more things otherwise. But, you know, that's great to use them in part two. That's nice. great. And, and the only force-using droid. <laughs> Three. We can geek. I love it. Director Andy Muschietti has added another cast member from his adaptation of Stephen King's It to his next project. A pilot for the new TV version of Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez's comic book series Lock and Key. Following the hiring of It cast members, Jackson Robert Scott, who played uh, uh, little George Denborough, Georgie, and uh, Megan... i Georgie. And... <laughs> Yeah, that one. And Megan Charpentier, who played the mean girl, uh, Greta Keane, in It, for the pilot as the two Locke children. Muschietti has also brought on Owen Teague on board. He played Patrick Hostetter, the member of Henry Bauer's gang, the one that went wandering in the sewers. Uh, In Lock and Key, he'll play Sam Lesser. That's a huge part. A disturbed, violent adolescent who kills his own father and then shoots the Locke's kid's father to death while also assaulting their mother. It's this incident that drives Nina Locke and her three children to their family's ancestral home in Maine, where the children gain various powers through a set of magical keys and are also terrorized by a demonic entity who wants the keys for itself. Muschietti, who replaced Doctor Strange director Scott Garrett's 
Scott Derrickson on the project is prepping lock and key for Hulu. And this being the second time a TV adaptation of the comic book has been attempted. The first pilot uh, developed by Alex Kurtman and Roberto Orsi. Thank God it didn't work. And directed by Mark Romanek was rejected by Fox. and did not become a series. Again, I'm very happy with that. The cast also includes Danny Glover as teacher Joe Ridgway, Francis O'Connor as mother Nina Locke, Nate Cordry as Uncle Duncan Locke, and Jack Mulhern as the eldest Locke sibling, Tyler. Carlton Coos from Lost will act as showrunner, and Hill himself has penned the teleplay, an air date has yet to be released. This will be the show that gets me on Hulu. All right. That yeah. means Hulu's had the, all the Stephen King things, Mr. Mercedes, mm-hmm. uh, 1123, 62. But it's lock and key that will make me go, yes, I want this now. Yeah, I like the way that sounds. Yeah. I never read anything, but I like that. It is a fantastic comic book series. My buddy if, Doug has tattoos from that comic book on him. I get it. It's beautifully visually. Yeah. Rodriguez does an amazing job in that artistically. So, yeah, if you're a fan of lock and key, this is gearing up to be really nice. Especially if you like the kids from it. Muschietti's all right. got his kids all set. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we could geek. Yeah. Now, with James Cameron, Linda Hamilton, and Arnold Schwarzenegger involved in the sixth Terminator film, the sci-fi movie franchise has its best shot yet to get back on track. Although the plot is being kept under wraps, one thing we do know for sure is that the flick will ignore the Cameron-less sequels. Really? The sixth... The sixth film is slated to open in theaters July 26, 2019. That's what the Avatar director confirmed in a recent interview with The Hollywood Reporter. Hold it. Stop you there. So this will be the third? Yeah. Fans could say goodbye to Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, Terminator Salvation, and 2015 Terminator Genesis as part of the main continuity. I kind of liked Genesis, though. I liked Genesis, too. It was okay. Cameron will produce the new movie, while Tim Miller, who directed Deadpool, will sit in the director's chair, had this to say. This is a continuation of the story from Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. We are pretending the other films were a bad dream or an alternate timeline, which is permissible in our multiverse. This was really driven more by Tim than anybody, surprisingly, because I came in pretty agnostic about where we took it. The only thing I insisted on was that we somehow revamp it and reinvent it for the 21st century. Miller also had a few insights into the staying power of Terminator 84 and Terminator 2, saying the first films are more relevant today than they were when we made them, when he made them. A lot of it seems like a prognostication because it's coming to be the world we live in right now, unquote. The new film story is being written by David S. Goyer, who did the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, Charles Egley did Dark Angel, Josh Friedman, from Terminator the Sarah, Con- Chrono- Sarah, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Chronicles and Justin Rhodes, who is writing Green Lantern Corps. And That's a lot of writers. All those Doctor Who names you got right. <laughs> it's the Sarah Comic Chronicles. <laughs> it's expected to see Linda Hamilton passing the baton to a young female lead, according to the Hollywood Reporter's report. So no word of Edward Furlong, huh? <laughs> well, that it, character's be, grown up, I assume. I was going to say, it'd be easy to get him, but man, he's crazy now. Is he? I he's haven't really followed him much lately. Gone off the deep end. Has he now? Toys in the attic. Nice, very nice. <laughs> uh, I'm actually happy with the decision. Yeah. I, I've Terminator 1 and 2 it's are the really good UK. films, and the rest of them are... I, I'm three, getting ready. Oh, you're getting ready for 3 the, was like, eh. Yeah. And then... 
I I actually liked Genesis a lot. I like Genesis better than Revelation or whatever it was right, called. Right. Oh yeah, Salvation. 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 Oh. I, I, that I, was a low point for me. I think I've suppressed memories of Salvation because yeah, I've repressed memories so of Salvation bad. as well. Hey yo! <laughs> All right, you're ready for a pop, and I'm going to let you go ahead and get that done. Who go wants? To, who wants to go up? Oh, All right, jump on the gun. Now we're going back Five. now. Red light, green light. Hmm, that's kind of a long one. <laughs> that's that's what wh- she said. Let's hey. see why. This one's probably been in in here for months. TNT is developing Dynamite. is developing a new sci-fi drama by adapting N.K. Jemison's Hugo Award-winning novel, The Fifth Season. Still in the early planning stages, the project comes from writer-producer Lee Dana Jackson, who did 24 Legacy and Sleepy Hollow. The novel centers around a woman on a single continent planet as she searches for her daughter in a post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic landscape stricken with severe climate changes. Here's the detailed synopsis. In a world plagued by terrible earthquakes, the survival-obsessed Sans Empire rules, maintaining stability with the Fulcrum, an army of enslaved origins. These origins are born with staggering power but are widely feared and hated, considered agents of the bitter, humanity-hating Farther Earth. For ten years... Essen has been living a peaceful life in a small town with her husband and two children, but all that changes when a massive earthquake cracks the continent down the center. Such disasters have happened before, but this one is the worst one yet. After they unconsciously shield the town from the worst of the shake, Essen and her children are revealed as origins. Her husband beats her son to death and kidnaps their daughter, and Essen, with nothing left to live for, chases him down in a pursuit of revenge. But even that isn't simple. She is joined by a strange, inhuman child and a mysterious, homeless woman, and it soon becomes clear that the past she's been hiding from isn't as dead as she hoped. The fifth season is the initial book in the acclaimed author's Broken Earth trilogy and was the recipient of the 2016 Hugo Award for Best Novel with the second book in the science fantasy series The Obelisk Gate, winning the same award in this year's competition. Jemison is the first female African-American author to be honored with the prestigious prize. The Stone Sky, the final book in the trilogy, was just published on August 15th. It was already the frontrunner for next year's Hugo nominations. So, what do you feel about this one? Green light, but I got questions. What's that? Is it, is it on Earth? Because it says Earth and, and it says humanity, but it's a continent with one planet that has... It's like a Pangea type continent. Yeah. It may be a, a dying <clears throat> Earth. Yeah, say, yeah, say if it's Earth, it's certainly Earth. Super, it's... super, super far in the future. Right, because Earth isn't one of the titles he said there, like the dying Earth or something. He said the... Far Earth is one of the. I have to go keep talking because I have okay, to deep yeah. dive on this thing. Anyways, <laughs> it, it sounds it sounds interesting. It definitely sounds it's like a it's a Broken it's Earth got... Trilogy. Broken Earth Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's probably the. Like Gene Wolfe's. Uh, and the novel is the fifth season. New Sun ch- stories. It's so okay. far in the future. Okay. The, the the title of the novel is the fifth season. Because when you said the fifth season, and I'm like, wait a minute, they haven't done a first, first season four. yet. <laughs> I'm like, <"Hey-o." laughs> nah. wait a minute. Okay. Well, he's, he's, he's male, so he can make up seasons. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm a green light. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Green light. Mm, 
Oh, green. Oh! <laughs> Peer pressure got to him. No, I just I was like, I'm trying to process everything he said. Cause, well, that was a long one. That's a lot of stuff yeah. to... Mm-hmm. Certainly. Yeah, right. why not? Green light. Green light all through and through. You know what? Don't have much time, but let's do one more. Pop it, bet. All right. You're right. That Pop-O-Matic kicks up the same numbers a lot. Five again for red light, green light. The CW is developing an hour-long drama series based on... CW is kicking up some shit. I just want to say that yeah, right now. a bunch of shit. Green, yeah. red light. <laughs> is developing an hour-long drama based on Leslie Livingston's young adult gladiator novel, The Valiant. Here's the full synopsis. This one's a long one, too. The youngest daughter of a proud Celtic king... Fallon has always lived in the shadow of her older sister, Sorsha's legendary reputation as a warrior. But when Fallon was a young child, the armies of Julius Caesar invaded the islands of Britain, and her beloved older sister was killed in battle. On the eve of her 17th birthday, Fallon is excited to follow her sister's footsteps and earn her rightful place in her father's royal warband. But she never gets the chance. Instead, Fallon is captured by a band of ruthless brigands who sell her to an exclusive training school for female gladiators, and its most influential patron is none other than Julius Caesar himself. In a cruel twist of fate, Fallon's worst enemy, the man who destroyed her family, might be her only hope of survival. Now Fallon must overcome vicious rivalries, chilling threats, and the dangerous attention of Caesar himself to survive the deadly fights that take place both in and out of the arena and claim her place in history among the Valiant. The Valiant, gentlemen. Red light, green light. Matt, I keep jumping in first. Uh, red light. Okay. Yeah? yeah. No, not is it a Is it because of, of CW films? or is the Gladiator thing not working yet? CW. <laughs> <laughs> and besides, when they invaded Britain, they kind of like invaded, like, oh, shit, put up the wall, fuck it, let's get out of here. <laughs> no, you stuck around for a little while. I know, but I mean, it wasn't like a wholehearted, like, conquest and Roman banners everywhere and fucking eh, whatever. It kind of was for a while. They built some cities. Well, yeah, Caesar went there, and then he left, yeah. and Claudius is the one who did the final conquest. Um, I'm torn. Yeah, I young adult. Yeah, that's what, I, I had a feeling. That's the one that yeah, that is. Pulls I you just, back. I'm just that's like, a sticking uh, point for me too. But it's Rome, and it's yeah. gladiators. Yeah, but it's young adult. <laughs> <laughs> and CW is the home of young adult. Yeah, I know. I think yeah. I'm. I think I'm sharing the opinion with Kirsten on this one too. Because yeah, it's, uh, it's hard. Uh, I'll say green, but it, it, right. it's it's a very hard weak thing. green. Very weak. It's a weak green. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll flip I've had it tea like that. I'll do a very weak red because I'm, I'm imagining done badly. This is um, I Claudius written by the uh, writers of uh, of uh, Voyagers. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Gladiator nine zero two one zero. John 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 Eric John Eric Hexum. Uh, the Aaron gladiators. Spellings Gladiator nine zero two one zero. So well, that's two red lights, two greens, right? Uh, yeah, I'm green. All right. Yeah. All right. So that goes to kicking it to the Shock Monkeys. All right. I tell you what, put your opinions under this episode on Shock Monkeys Lair. Yes. For The Valiant. And that wraps up this set of Geek Shock. We went through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Very happy. Yeah. Plowed through that. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still got two pages of red light, green light here. Mm. Wow. <laughs> oh, we got a lot. A lot we, we had to have gone through two pages of red light, green light. Yeah, I think we actually did. Nice. nice. So. 
So some of that stuff's going to be released already by the time. <laughs> Red light, green light. Oh, there, there's been times that I've I've replaced. I'm like, yeah, that's already been. Netflix has already put that out. Yeah, right. we're good. That's already been canceled. So you could say that the red light, green light is fractured butthole. And until next week, <laughs> I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Cranky K. Fact check Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. We'll talk to you next week in Geek. All right. And Just, Cranky spelled with a K, right? Yep. Of course. Okay. And every- like crusty, but cranky. So uh, this, hey! I'm going to be not here for a few episodes this spring. Because oh, thank I'm, God. This spring. You're announcing this way ahead I'm going to be following Weird Al Yankovic because the Grateful oh, Dead. I see. As soon as I as soon as soon I rob a few banks to get the money for it. You're, you're excused in this case. Yeah. Spring is a long ways yeah. away, sir. Weird Al and Emo Phillips. Yes, and he's and he's doing mostly originals. Yeah, original. He's not doing parodies this time. He's doing his own his own stuff. That's really cool. Yeah, and he's appearing in Albuquerque. Albuquerque. You think he's going to do Albuquerque Better, yeah. in Albuquerque? <laughs> he's actually going to be uh, the closest he comes here is Tuacan, which I'd love to see him in Tuacan. Oh wow! I yeah. thought San Diego is the closest he was. No, going. Tuacan's two hours north of here. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, St. George. Okay. Yeah. Because I looked, I looked, I saw Utah and California where they yeah. seemed like they were the two closest. But I really, if I, if I if I was independently wealthy, I would seriously be following him with the Grateful Dead on this tour because mm-hmm. it looks great. Well, sure. I'll be the wheel man. Yeah. <laughs> so we just <laughs> need a couple. Yeah. So, so say I haven't been to Utah in decades. So really? Maybe I need How have you not gotten to Utah in decades? It's two hours missing. away. You're let, not missing. Let, let me ask you a question. What would you want to go to Utah for? Usually uh, camping. Again, what would you want to go to Utah for? <laughs> Who the fuck camps? What well, the hell's well, wrong with you? St. George has that really incredible museum of... The dinosaur museum? No, the, the, the stuffed the stuffed animals. Oh, do they? The taxidermy oh, museum. I don't know that one. It's oh. it's pretty impressive. So you could my, kill my some time on that. My ex-wife actually worked on the opening show for Tuacon, which oh. was Utah with an exclamation point. Sort of like Oklahoma, but with more wives. Oh, wow. Um <laughs> And the whole thing's based on a piece of history the Mormons don't like to talk about. So it's, it was really weird. Very funny. What piece yeah. of history? The Mountain Meadows Massacre. Oh, okay. Yeah, which happened pretty close to St. George. Um, and that's what the show was about? Yeah, it's, it's part of it. It's, it's, that's one of the things that happens in is that it's a sort of a pivotal point in the, in the show. I knew people who, who worked on that, too. Yeah. Um, it, it's supposed to have a real great flood scene, doesn't it? Does, it does, and, and that was she was doing costumes yeah. when they were all this, actually wanted to use actual like cotton and you know natural materials, and they would flood the stage, with, and it's outdoors, so they would flood the stage with all the the iron rich yeah. red rock sand oh, no. and dye the costumes. So they had to keep remaking the costumes because they were. Or they could make them out of a better material for that. Well, they yeah. they oh, wanted shit. to use the actual materials. It had actually an amazing uh, Jesus appears somewhere in the middle of it, of course, because it's a, well, a, yeah. a Mormon thing. But it's outdoors. It's it's your the backdrop is a mountain. And Jesus appeared 200 feet in the air, and there's like nowhere to cable himself. I mean, I know how they so did it. So it was an actual Deus Ex Machina. It was, it was a, literally a Deus Ex Machina, <laughs> yes. And it was an amazing one because he does like, there he is in the sky, light up, boom. I wish this was still playing. I want to see this. Yeah, it was amazing. Wow. Yeah, there's there's a lot of Mormon history that you don't really know much about. Yeah, well, this one. Oh, this there were violent people back in the day. Well, th- this is one where they actually murdered a whole bunch of people traveling across the country uh, because. Well, they were being assholes as they passed through their town, but then they went out and killed them while, while dressed like Indians and then claimed that the Indians did it. Oh, what dicks. Yeah. <laughs> More probably why the highlights. Dicks. <laughs> <laughs>
We're finally here! <laughs> 